Wrestling fans, are you ready? Yes, 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 yes. For the thousands in attendance and the millions watching around the world, uh, let's get ready to rumble! Here in the final episode of WrestleRant Radio in 2020 for December 31st, 2020. I am Graham Jason Matthews. Hope you guys are doing well and enjoying the new year as we record in the final few hours of 2020 to break down the 2020 WWE slash NXT slash AEW year in review awards as voted on by you fine folks all December long on WrestleRant.com. A lot of shocking results, a lot of shocking winners. We're going to break it all down here on today's episode. In addition to giving our predictions for next week's stacked NXT New Year's Evil episode of NXT, which is going to be pretty cool. Um, I wish we could kick off today's episode on a better note, talking about all the year in review awards. We'll get to that momentarily. But of course, I would be remiss if we talked about anything at the very beginning of the show here, other than the passing of uh, AEW star Brody Lee, John Huber, Luke Harper, what have you. Um, over the weekend, former Wyatt family member at the age of only 41. Um, and of course, the outpouring of support, positive messages, love, memories, and everything else that's come out in the last couple of days has been uh, very touching and uh, very emotional, to say the least. So, Mr. Marceau and Alexis, you guys are both joining me on here today's stacked edition of the show to help me break down the awards. But again, before we go any further with anything else, we got to talk a little Brody Lee here. I talked a lot about him in yesterday's hashtag, but I want to get your guys' thoughts, starting with Mr. Marceau. Um, what were your thoughts on the passing of Brody Lee? Obviously very shocking on Saturday. And just kind of everything that we've seen from the uh, superstars come out in the last couple of days, Mr. Marceau, including last night's very emotional tribute edition of Dynamite dedicated to his honor and memory. Yeah, definitely, definitely sad. Uh, you texted me, I believe it was Saturday night. Um texted me saying that Brody Lee had passed away and I was I mean I was shocked as all hell um we had been talking about in the last couple of weeks that he wasn't on TV um reported there was some injury clearly maybe there was an injury and obviously a bigger issue at hand but definitely sad besides I mean I think besides Eddie Guerrero I, I mean as well as Chris Benoit no one normally passes when they're still active so definitely um, hits a lot harder, especially with the community and the current wrestlers. When that happens, at just 41 years old, sad. It's not like he had um, like any drug drug issues like Eddie did or what mm. happened with Benoit. Just just a just a normal 40 year old man just had a lung condition that took his life, and it's just sad seeing um, all the wrestlers talking about it. Clearly, he was a great guy. I mean, no one had a, a wrong word to say about the guy. Um, seemed like he was a great family man. I, I, I watched the uh, formerly known as the other night on him. Mm-hmm. Uh, it definitely hit hard when uh, he talked about his family and how proud of him he was and how he wanted them to, to have the great life that he had. And just, uh, it just very sad. And the show last night was great. I thought the tribute show was amazing. Um, everyone talking about him was great. I'll just. 
very sad and just definitely a great way to honor the guy. Um, had a great career in the WWE. Um, obviously, shorter run in AEW, but clearly touched a lot of people there. So definitely very sad and just a terrible way to end the year. Yeah, you know, we've talked a lot about his career before um, here on the show. Obviously, his time WWE in WWE spent as part of the Wyatt family, the great matches he had there. I mean, the list is endless. The ladder match with Dolph Ziggler at TLC 2014 was incredible. The Wyatt Family Shield matches from six years ago were incredible. The Randy Orton Elimination Chamber match, I think, is an underrated gem uh, from a number of years ago. And has had a lot of good matches in AEW as well, with the likes of Cody Rhodes, John Moxley for the World Championship at Double or Nothing. Um, I really enjoyed the Dog Collar match. We talked about that here on the show a couple of months ago. But yeah, just super shocking. And uh, before I get to Alexis, Mr. Marceau, I do want to get one last thought from you of something that you said to me a couple of days ago and how it just hits differently um, in regards to the Eddie Guerrero one, because you were how old? Maybe 12 when he passed or or 11? He passed in 05, right? Yes, in 05. In November, yeah. I think it was. I think maybe it was right after your birthday. I don't know. It was around that time, though. Birthday, yes, I was 12. Okay, 12 years old. So can you talk a little bit about how differently this hits because the Eddie one is just so shocking as a kid it doesn't really sink in and obviously knowing you know that he had kids that he was a family man you mentioned that he had a wife two kids um the formerly known as stuff from the WWE video that they put out a couple of years ago and how this one is very different than the passing of Eddie and the reaction that it received and your thoughts on it and stuff like that yeah definitely um when we discussed via text I think this one hits differently just now that I mean I'm older now and you kind of see what's you kind of get the perspective a little bit more you understand what family means to people you're older and you kind of more matured and you're looking at it in your shoes I would say more as well it's like what would you like imagine that was you as a 40 year old man who left kids that you clearly dearly loved and were beloved and you had a wife and the whole thing so I mean as as older you get, I think you cherish those stuff a little bit more. So I would say it definitely hit me more on the mature side of, oh, my God, this guy was only 40 years old. Mm-hmm. He has a family that he loves. Obviously, a lot of friends and coworkers love him as well. But the family aspect alone just <clears throat> that definitely hit me hard. Just like I said, putting yourself in that shoes. I mean, I'm 27 now. That's like me. That happened to me in 13 years, which God forbid that, that happened. But I just feel like you – take it harder because you know the greater picture but when you're 12 you just think of oh my god this guy passed away but now that i'm older and more mature i understand like the bigger picture and it's honestly way sadder yeah no no definitely it's been uh it's been a tough couple days for the wrestling community and again all the outpouring of messages from people from every promotion has been awesome to see and we're not here to talk about tributes and i think wwe should have done a little more but it's really not the, the focus at the end of the day. Um, the graphic, I think, was at least something. They paid tribute throughout the show with the um, with the nods and the subtlety, you know, the subtle mentions and whatnot from the wrestlers. But yeah, last night's Dynamite was absolutely worth checking out. I, I would honestly go on record, and it's not... It might, it might partly because it just happened last night, but I would go on record and sing it was one of, if not the best episode of Dynamite these people have ever done. Um, obviously... Under terrible conditions, it was one of the best, if not the best, tribute show I've ever seen. And it's one of those things that you never want to have to see because we lose people way too soon in this business all too often. I mean, this year alone, we lost so many different wrestlers uh, from Pat Patterson, Howard Finkel, Animal of Legion of Doom, Shad Gaspard, Hanukkah Mora, among other people. Um, Just really sad stuff. Rocky Johnson as well. So uh, it's devastating. But again, I, I can't suggest and can't recommend that people watch last night's Dynamite 
more. I thought it was just an absolutely incredible episode from the tributes to the interviews to the Eric Redbeard cameo, Eric Rohn, formerly in WWE, which I thought really, really cool. And then he held up the sign. I almost lost it. That was great, too. Um, Alexis, first of all, welcome to the show. Uh, your first time, I think, on the show since, I think, the WrestleMania panel prediction show that we did with Mr. Marcel. Really? I think. I don't remember you being on any other time, unless we did, like, SummerSlam predictions or something. I can't think of any. But anyway, your first time here on the show in a while. Unfortunately, under not great conditions with the passing of Brody Lee over the weekend, but we are going to talk about the year and review award stuff soon enough. But um, I know I was the one that broke the news to you about Brody Lee passing on Saturday. We've talked a lot about it since then. We watched the show last night. Um, not a dry yeah. eye in the house last night. Um, at our house, at your house watching the show, but also in no, the No, I was crying. Uh, also in, in, in the arena. Uh, for the event, but uh, anyway, your thoughts on the whole Brody Lee passing and uh, everything else that's happened since then? Well, I really loved him when he was in the Wyatt family. He was actually like my favorite character, and when you told me that he like tragically passed away, I mean, I could not believe that. Like the guy, the guy seemed like he was fine, and um, I. I just really didn't know what to say, and I feel horrible for the son. Um, I thought it was really sweet how they kind of signed his signed the son to a contract, mm-hmm. quote unquote. Um, they left the boots in the ring. Like I was done after that. I was just a wreck. Like I loved the tribute show. I thought it was really sweet. I'm definitely gonna watch it again. Um, and just seeing like how many people loved him. And how many people had such great things to say about him. Like, you can tell he he wasn't an ordinary guy. Like, he was very smart. He was a great father. Um, He was a good wrestler, too. And he just, he was one of those people where it just wasn't meant to be that way. And it was really, it's really, really devastating. And I really feel for the wife. I really feel for his kids or son. I don't know how many kids he has. But I really feel for his family because I could not imagine going through something like that and Hopefully they can come back from this um, stronger than ever, and hopefully things will pick up for everyone. Um, and th- this is like my first time experiencing something like that. Like I know a lot of wrestlers have passed away this year, but this is like the first time for me, at least. Like, like I watched him all the time, and I really liked him too. I remember we went to the. Um, we went to the WrestleMania access thing, like hoping to see him there. Cause he said he was going to wrestle somebody there. I know we were talking about that the other day. Uh, yeah. Die Jack. Yeah. Yeah. We wanted to go and see him. And it's like, it's like somebody that I actively watched. How often does something like that happen really? But like this, ha- I haven't seen anything like this before. Um, so it's, it's just really, it's really horrible. So I really hope the family's doing well. And like, we're all going to get through this. It, yeah. Yeah. It, it really sucks. Awful. Yeah, no, no, definitely. And just uh, like Mr. Marceau said, just a terrible way to close out the year. And he was just getting started, too. He debuted at AEW back in March. Great debut as the exalted one. Uh, very yep. dominant run as the TNT champion as well. Um, and again, I also can't recommend enough the podcast that he was on. The Talk is Jericho one that he did right after he debuted yeah. was really good. Um, that one was great. The formerly known as video that RJ mentioned is also really good from his time in WWE. Um, but also the, it's called AEW Unrestricted. It's a weekly podcast they do. I don't listen to it every week, but they did do one with Harper. I'm sorry, Brody Lee back in early November. 
Um, I don't know when it was recorded, but it, it came out in early November, and that was actually the last, I guess, public appearance, you could say, that he ever did. Um, as Tony Schiavone revealed on his own podcast that he got sick the next day after doing the podcast. And he said while wow. um, he said during that interview that this has been public knowledge now for a couple of days that he was on his Pedalton bike or, or whatever it is, and he actually was just out of breath or whatever, and he thought it was because of the strap match, the dog collar match that he was in a couple of weeks before. Turns out that it wasn't, and his condition worsened rapidly, so... Uh, it, it is a tough watch knowing what's now happened, obviously, but it's also definitely well worth watching because he seems to be in great spirits at that point. You could definitely tell he was enjoying his time in AEW before he passed. So uh, rest in peace, Brody Lee, John Huber, Luke Harper. You will be dearly missed. So we move on from there, or at least we attempt to. I'm not really sure what else could possibly... Uh, there's no, there, there is no seamless transition from something like that, but, uh, real quickly, we will talk about NXT New Year's Evil next Wednesday, which I am very much looking forward to. Um, it, it's been, it's been a tough week for a lot of different reasons. It's been a tough year, but hopefully we can kick off 2021 strong with this show next Wednesday. Uh, we got five matches advertised. We'll go through these quickly so we can get into the 2020 year and review awards. Um, but real quickly, we do know that Zia Lee's and Boa's Master is coming next week, I believe. They advertised that last night on the show. Um, any predictions? Alexis, I'll start with you for how you see that kind of going down, if at all. Um, what was it again? The show overall? Is that what you're asking? Oh, no, I'm sorry. The Zia Lee thing. Do you, how do oh, you see that whole thing? Right, what right, what have been right. your thoughts on the Zia Lee storyline up to this point? Um, I, I kind of think it's getting dragged out a little bit because like, every time I see it, I feel like each little video that they're doing is kind of the same like i know i know recently they've um kind of like kicked their asses in gear in terms of like what's going on in the storyline but i just feel like every single video is kind of similar and it's just kind of boring me a bit like i want to see something happen Mm -hmm. like it's just kind of like oh it's all creepy and we're all looking around like what's going on oh there's someone controlling us like okay what's going like i need something to happen though i'm getting bored but i i love um I, I love the story, though. I think it's really cool. I just think, like, like I'm excited to see what happens. Like, too excited. Yeah. What about you, Mr. Marceau? I know you were enthusiastic a couple of weeks ago when we talked about it. You said it was something different, that you were looking forward to it. I, I completely agree with Alexis in that it's been dragged out the last couple of weeks. It's, like, it's, it's kind of been the same thing for a while now. And it is <laughs> fitting that we're getting it on the New Year's Evil show, because it apparently is something Evil-related. And I'm sure that was done by uh, design. But uh, what are your expectations for this big Xylee Boa reveal on Wednesday, RJ? I'm pumped. I can't wait. It's something new. Um, I watched back the uh, 2019 and 2020 Royal Rumbles, and she was in both of them. Kind of just like that stereotypical Asian character, like the little martial arts. You had like the hand fan. Yes, but she never yes. Had identity. So, I mean, it's something new at least. I mean, they could really butcher it. So I'm not like, like overly excited for it, but something different. I mean, I think the whole presence and the vignettes, like you said, have got repetitive, but it is something new. And, Show debut next week with Bowen. We'll we'll see where it goes, but um, I mean something interesting. I'd say better than what she was doing before. That's how I kind of always uh, equate these things. If it's something different and something new, I I'll give it a chance, and then if it sucks, I'll shit all over it. <laughs> You'll have a lot to say about it next week if it sucks. Um, yeah. 
But yeah, no, no, I'm I'm interested. I'm not like excited, but I am cautiously optimistic. We'll see what happens. Uh, NXT's women's division is the best anywhere right now, and Zaylee actually really isn't that bad. She's been there for a couple years now. She has improved. This gives her something to do. It could be a complete train wreck. I've heard rumors that Karen Q, who was formerly in Ring of Honor, I think we actually saw her at that final battle pay-per-view, Alexis, um, a couple of years ago. She was in that four-way for the Ring of Honor women's title, Karen Q. But anyway, so she might be the evil sorcerer supreme or whatever you want to call her next week. So I guess we'll find out, but we'll see what happens. Uh, we found out last night as well that we are getting an NXT Cruiserweight Championship match next week. Although it's not Kurt Stallion getting the title shot. He's been the number one contender for about a month now. He, he earned the title shot in an episode of 205 Live in late November. He's not getting the title shot. It's Graham Metallic who returned to NXT last night. He and Lince Dorado beat Legado del Fantasma's uh, Raul Mendoza and Joaquin Wild. So he's facing Santos Escobar for the title next week. I'm looking forward to this because Metallic, well, he he and Dorado have obviously been just buried six feet under on the main roster. It's just a joke tag team. Um, both guys, I think a lot of people forget, are very, very good. He and TJP fucking killed it in the finals of the uh, Cruiserweight Championship Tournament four years ago, and it's crazy to think it's been that long, but that might have been the last time he got a crack at the title, to be honest with you. Um, but I think this should be very good. I think Escobar should obviously walk out still the champion. Um, but I think this should be a great match. Mr. Marceau, what are your thoughts on the shocking return of the Lucha House Party, the former Lucha House Party, to NXT? And does Metallic have a shot here of becoming champion? Um, I think it's something new. I mean, Metallic and Dorado, like you said, even though they've kind of been, I would say buried, because they, I mean, they are really good in the ring. So I'd say they've, they've had a tough, tough main roster push since coming out of a two, 205 Live. But uh, Dorado or Metallic had a, had a good showing on Raw. He beat the Miz, I'm pretty sure, right? He did, yeah, on Monday night. Yep, he exactly. He's on Raw. I mean, he's good in the ring. The king of the ro- uh What's he? The master of the ropes, king of the ropes. He got some goofy nickname. Um, but no, I think him and Dorado are good. So it's nice to see them back on on NXT TV doing something. And now they're de- they looks like they're feuding with uh, Legado del Fantasma. But Escobar is going to win here. Um, makes the most sense. Metallic is good, but you keep it on the new guy um, and keep that strong cruiserweight championship reign running. And then I'm not even sure the guy that you just mentioned. I know who he is. If you put a picture of him, I know what he is. Looks like mm-hmm. I don't even know his name, but I feel like he would get more of a rub of eventually beating Escobar than than these two guys. Yeah, I agree. I don't know if it's a one-off or if they're here to stay. I think it would be cool if they're here to stay. And Alexis mentioned last night that it would be a shot to their tag team division on the main roster if they leave. But then I noted that they haven't been on Raw for the most part for the last number of months. So it probably wouldn't make much of a difference. So I'm all for them if they want to go to the NXT for a little while. We have the Dusty Rhodes Tag Team Classic coming up shortly. Um, so I'd be all for them competing in that. I'm looking forward to it. But yeah, I got Escobar retaining here as well. Um, what are your thoughts, Alexis, on the return of Metallic and Dorado to NXT? Is Metallic walking out the new champion, or does Eric Escobar... Eric Escobar, Jesus Christ, that's a flashback. <laughs> Eric Escobar. It's, it's, it, it's, it's a guy that he actually was on SmackDown like 10 years ago. That's uh, Do you remember Eric Escobar, RJ, or no? Yeah, he was with... Um... He was with Vicky, right? I was gonna say he was with Vicky for like two weeks, and then he got kicked. <laughs> yeah, and then he got fired. So like random, a, dude. It was well. That's what I think of when I think of Escobar. He was he was on SmackDown for a literal cup of coffee. Like the steam was not even rising from the cup when he got fired. But anyway, uh, your thoughts and uh, Santos Escobar. I almost did it there again. Versus Gramatelic for the Cruiserweight Championship on Wednesday, Alexis. Well, I think he's definitely gonna retain, um, especially just because like they just did. They just made the match. Like it. It was just made a thing. 
Um, but I think it's so cool that they were brought back to NXT just because, or actually, were they in NXT before, or is this the first time? Uh kind of they were they were never really in nxt they were kind of just largely on 205 live but kind of yeah so this is kind of like if if they're here for the first time then this would be their first real run yes it's i think it's really cool i love the whole theme of bringing people back to nxt or bringing people over there for the first time um martinez i mean she's brought back under different circumstances but i just think i think it's really cool because um i i think some people fit more on NXT right now than others, um, but I think it's it's a really good opportunity for them. Hopefully, they stay there. I am in favor of them staying there. I mean, the tag team division is in the doo doo toilet right now, so it doesn't really matter anyways. <laughs> yeah. But it sucks. Um, yeah, I definitely think es- uh, Escobar is going to retain. Yeah, I think so as well. That seems to be a surefire pick as well as uh, Damian Priest losing to Karrion Cross and Karrion Cross's first major match back. This should be an awesome match. They had a cool brawl last night. Um, Priest is great in the ring. You're a big Priest fan, RJ. But Alexis, this is Karrion Cross's match to win, right? Of course, of course. Yeah, I mean, there's really not much more to say than that. What about you, RJ? Any yeah. thoughts on this? Oh, Cross wins LOL. Um, but seriously, <laughs> uh, no, this should be a good match. I like both guys. Um, two big men that can go. Um, I think it should be a good match, but, I mean, Cross wins here, no doubt. Rhea Ripley, Raquel Gonzalez, last woman standing. I can only think of one other last woman standing match we've had on this show for the women, and that was Asuka and Nikki Cross like three years ago, and it was great. Um, I think that's a perfect, perfect, perfect stipulation for this match. Because one, Raquel Gonzalez should win. Two, Rhea Ripley doesn't have to get pinned. And three, it just fits their... Just respective styles very well, just because mm-hmm. I thought their Halloween Havoc match was very good. They're both powerhouses in that women's division. Um, I love this. And last man standing matches can be boring. I mean, look no further than fucking Edge and Randy Orton from WrestleMania, which I, which I liked. It wasn't a terrible <laughs> match. It wasn't terrible, but it definitely dragged. I don't think that's what this is going to be. I think they're going to go in there knowing their history, <clears throat> knowing their past friendship. They're going to go in there and fucking kill it. So I'm looking forward to this. Raquel Gonzalez is one woman who, we'll talk about this in the awards, has really grown on me. I won't go out and buy her shirt if, if she even has one, but um, I think she has come a long way from where she was at the onset of 2020. And I think this is absolutely her match to win. Would you agree, RJ? Oh, yeah. this is. I think this should be a good match. Um, with, same with you with Raquel. I mean, I wouldn't say I was never against her or for her. I feel like she was just kind of there. She's kind of the new big girl um, that just got beat a lot. Um, and, but now, once they appeared with Dakota Kai, she got a lot more interesting. And I feel like they've basically pushed her to the moon at this point. So, should be a good match. Rhea, I mean, Rhea doesn't need to win here. Raquel coming over would be huge. Um, Raquel wins here, then she can set her sights on EO. Um, but no, I, I, I think she's taken leaps and bounds of 2020, and uh, I think she'll have a very bright 2021. Is this Ripley Swan song from NXT? Um, yeah. I mean, we we I thought it was months ago, so I'm going to ask again, I guess. Yeah, I'll say, yeah. Without, I mean, I guess maybe she can. No, she already faced Mercedes. I don't know. I, I, at this point, I would just. I would just have her go to the main roster, debut at the Rumble, maybe win the thing. Um, yeah. But besides that, she doesn't really need to do much on, much left on the uh, on NXT. So my thing is, I think it's great that she's losing on the way out, but you can't have them lose enough. Like, you can't have her lose to literally everyone in the division on the way out. Like, Shayna Baszler, for example, lost only to Rhea Ripley. I think she faced Shotzi after that. She was in a battle royal. She got tossed out by Shotzi, which was really cool. She didn't lose to Shotzi one-on-one. I think she beat her. 
and then she debuted in the Rumble. Um, Rhea Ripley, you don't want to hurt her stock too much to where she's losing all the time because she lost to War Games, she lost to Io Shirai um, before War Games for the NXT Women's title. She got pinned by Tony Storm a couple weeks ago. You don't want to ever get beat all the, you know, so, so much where she doesn't mean as much when she gets to Raw or SmackDown, but she should definitely lose here, um, losing on her way out. I think this is it for her in NXT. There is literally no more left for her to do on the show. And, um, yeah, I think it's Royal Rumble time a couple weeks later. I think the timing could not work out any better. Uh, as a Rhea Ripley fan, Alexis, what are your thoughts on the match? And uh, is Rhea Ripley, is this it for her in NXT if she loses? Um, I'm excited for the match. I don't think I've ever seen a last woman standing match, so it should be exciting. Um, they definitely don't have in SmackDown versus Raw 2007, I'll tell you that much right now. Oh, my God, tell me about it. They don't, they don't do anything with them. <laughs> um, they have bras and so panties. Annoying. They have bras and panties. Oh, what are you talking about? Oh boy! Oh boy! Sign me up, I guess. RJ anyway. loves that shit. <laughs> um, no, I'm excited for it, and I I definitely think Raquel's gonna win. Um, and I was thinking too. I think this might be like it's definitely gonna be one of Rhea's last matches. I don't know if it'll be her very last, but I I definitely think like she's like if she wasn't leaving before, she's definitely on her way out. Like. Definitely, because again, there's nothing left for her to do. Like every week that I see her there, I'm just like, okay, why are you still here? Like, go some, don't go do something else. Like, I want to see you do something else. I'm just getting bored of her coming out every week, and that's not that's not what they want. Like, I definitely think it's her, definitely some of her last moments on NXT. Yeah, no, I think as well. I think she's, uh, I think she's definitely on her way out of the show, and probably will debut in the Rumble, whether she wins or not. Um, so we move on now to what I'm really looking forward to on the show: the Fight Pit, the return of the Fight Pit. The first one was fucking great between Timothy Thatcher and Matt Riddle earlier this year. The Thatcher won. Um, that, that was like the only big match that Thatcher won. It's been all downhill for the guys since then. Mm-hmm. Um, and I love the guy. And I, you know, RJ, we've talked about this a lot where. He's a guy that's really grown on you, and he felt like a fucking creator wrestler when we first saw him show up earlier this year. And I really, I didn't know a lot about him personally, um, but I, we you know we've we've seen him grow and come into his own as a character. I think he's a great heel. But come on, bro, this guy loses to literally he lost to Leon Ruff last week. I mean, it doesn't get much worse than that. It doesn't get much worse than that, guys. So, um, Alexis, I'll start with you. Fight Pit, it's back. Thatcher has literally got to win. Otherwise, I feel like this should be like a last chance match where if he loses, he should just quit because I feel like he absolutely 100% has to win this match. I, I totally agree. Like, um, I will I will agree with you. He is a creative wrestler except for the teeth because his teeth are shit. But he's definitely <laughs> going to win the match. If he doesn't, if he loses the match, then, dude, just, like, go. Like, what is your point? What what point are you trying to make from losing everything? Especially he lost to Leon Ruff. Like I mean, come it on, dude. Make, it doesn't make sense to me that they had a segment of him like killing all his wrestling students, but yet, like, he's he loses to Leon Ruff. Like that just doesn't make sense to me. So I think he's definitely gonna win if he loses. Bye bye. But I'm really excited for the fight pit thing too because again, that's like like. I've never seen something like that before, aside from when they did it with Matt Riddle. And I'm assuming it's because, yeah. like, is it was that, like, a thing that they made up? The fight pit? Yeah, that was the first ever one they did. Yeah. So they, they made the whole idea of that thing up? Yeah, yeah, no, they had never, they had done matches similar to that. They had a match called the Lion's Den that they did with um, Ken Shamrock, like, 
20 years ago that was similar to this, but it, was, uh, it wasn't the fight pit, though. The fight pit was definitely unique. Yeah, it's, it's actually the first of its kind in WWE, yes. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I'm excited for it. I think it's going to be good. And I, I think him and Tommaso Ciampa are like, they have a really interesting dynamic with their characters and everything, mm-hmm. so I'm excited. Yeah, no, I'm looking forward to this, too. I thought their takeover match was great. Um, RJ, you said that was your favorite match on the show, and that was on a show that had two War Games matches, so that says a lot. You really enjoyed the match. I did as well. I thought it was a great, hard-hitting affair. This should be no different, and that Riddle-Thatcher match really uh, blew my expectations away in terms of how good it was and how good it could be. And I think this could be something similar. So, uh, Mr. Marceau, I'll say the same thing to you that I said to Alexis. He absolutely has to win here, right? Thatcher, and if he doesn't, he might as well just quit. I mean, if he doesn't win, pack up the boots, hang him up, do whatever you need to do. But (laughs) I like that a lot. I think, like I said a few weeks ago, I feel like he was at – he was like – he beat Riddle, so you thought like he was going to start getting a push. But then he started getting like that Damian Priest early on level of like – he was like – well, no, but, like, he would always lose. Yep. That's what Priest kind of started off at first. He'd lose constantly. That's kind of where I think Thatcher is. But I think beating Champa here, maybe he can get some momentum, get going, and then I, I would say go for the North American Championship, but Johnny's holding who's a heel, so that wouldn't really make much sense. But he needs to get some steam, maybe can – start the, the real issue with Thatcher, and I love him to death. I just I think he's just like a B plus player, and there's just a lot more guys they feel like they see more in. Like he's great and all, but I like you know like thinking in your head like where could they go next with him? And I just like he's not going to face Johnny because he's a heel. Finn, I mean, I guess you could face Finn, but I, I just don't think he'll beat him mm-hmm. or Kyle. And then there's just other guys like Bronson Reed, Karrion Cross. Um, Cameron Grimes. I just think there's other guys that they just don't value him as much. So maybe if he wins here, he can get some steam going and maybe have a brighter 2021. But I just I think there's more people that they currently value more, and he's just kind of a B plus player right now. He feels a lot like you mentioned Damian Priest from last year when Damian lost to Pete Dunn. He lost to this guy. He lost to Keith Lee a bunch of times. He lost to a lot of people. Um, he also reminds me a lot of early Tyler Breeze from 2015, 2014, when the guy was in there losing to, you know, Sami Zayn, Neville, Apollo Crews, Jushin friggin' Thunder Liger, for God's sakes. I mean, he lost everybody. And he was always credible, but the more they lose, the least, you know, the, the less credibility they have. So I'm hoping he wins here. I think he will win here. Uh, we get to the main event, which actually isn't really all that predictable at all. Um, I thought the first match was a bit predictable. This one really wasn't, or this one won't be, in my opinion. Finn Balor, Kyle O'Reilly, two for the NXT Championship. Um, this is going to be a spectacle. That first one actually won match of the year for NXT last night on the year, their year in review award, their year-end awards. Um, so I think the second match could be even better. Now that they've had more time to tell the story, do the video packages, do the promos back and forth. Kyle O'Reilly's killing it right now. Balor had a great year. Um, it's been awesome to see, but I think this match is going to be killer. I, I, I don't know who wins here because I could see Finn retaining. I know they planted the seeds for Finn and Pete and Finn and Carrion, but they could very easily have Kyle win and then do Kyle in those people. Or they could have Finn win and Adam Cole turn heel. I've seen a lot of people mention that. I didn't want to see that at TakeOver 31. I don't want to see it now. Um, but I think there's a very good chance that Adam Cole could cost Kyle O'Reilly to win on this show. So, RJ, I'll start with you. A lot of different factors here. We got Karrion Cross waiting in the wings. We have Pete Dunn waiting in the wings. Adam Cole, could he potentially turn heel? What goes down here in the main event of New Year's Evil? 
Oh, that's a tough one, GSM. <laughs> um, you threw all those at me, so now the uh, the brain's thinking right now. Um, oh, goodness. What do they do? What do you think they do? What do you want to see them do? I think Finn will retain this. What I want, I want. Kyle, I think Kyle should win here. Okay. Um, get his big break, and maybe he can hold the title. And then they end up Adam. I think it's, I don't really want them to break up. I think they're greater, better as a unit. So. I want them to break up. I think either he'll win and Cole will turn on him or he'll turn on him and lose. So I think what they'll do, Cole's turning regardless. I feel like that's what they'll do. I don't want that to happen. But um, I'll say Kyle wins. I think it's a shock win. Like you said, they can do that same stuff with with Kyle and they're going to do a fin. And I mean, I think it would be a lot better for Kyle to win here, get his big moment, kind of submit himself as a big-time player in NXT. I don't want them to do him and Cole, but I think that's kind of where the writing on the wall is going to be. So mm-hmm. we'll see. But I think as a group, they're just a lot better. And that's kind of where the money is on the main roster, at least at first. Do you think with the Adam Cole, Kyle O'Reilly situation, do you think Kyle O'Reilly wins? Adam Cole turns heel right afterward, like kind of a la Sami Zayn and Neville. Uh, no, not, not Neville, but uh, when he beat Neville for the title, Kevin Owens turned on him, turned on Sami Zayn right after. Is it kind of like that sort of thing, you think? Yeah, I think they could do something like Kyle wins, the whole group comes out, they start celebrating. Evolution like, like, type they, shit? Similar, but like Kyle and them are celebrating, like Fish and, and, and Strong start, like they act like they're starting to leave, they'll jump out of the ring and then Colt like, doesn't leave and just beats the shit out of them. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, no, I know... It, it, Fuck what the fuck, and then like you can just do it from there. But yeah, well, well, I'm interested because I know they're doing Adam Cole, and they already announced that Adam Cole and Roderick Strong are in the Dusty Classic. So maybe that's that doesn't give it away that he's not turning heel or that he is turning heel. They could do a thing where Adam Cole turns heel and Roddy doesn't know how to respond, so they kind of are on like at odds or whatever while teaming. So it's a very interesting dynamic. I don't think he should turn heel. I think Kyle O'Reilly winning would be cool. My ultimate prediction is that Finn Balor retains. But I could absolutely see Kyle O'Reilly winning. I mean, they, they gave the guy another title shot for a reason. They wouldn't do this unless they were doing something big on this show. Whether it be Kyle O'Reilly winning or the Cole heel turn or both. So, Alexis, after hearing all of that, what do you think is going to go down with O'Reilly and Balor 2 next week? Oh, that's tough. Um, well, my first thought was like, oh, Finn's going to retain and then he's going to feud with Pete Dunne and then... He's going to feud with Karrion Cross, and Karrion Cross probably going to win it back or something. But now that you're throwing out all these other oper- or all these other you know alternate endings, um, I could definitely see Kyle winning because, like you said, like why else would they have another match if something big wasn't going to happen? Um, and I also I do want Kyle to win. Like I'm rooting for him. Like I said before, after I heard him, like he had like a promo for the first match. And he just won me over in that promo. Like, he's so charismatic. He's so funny. He's re- he's a really good talker. And I became a fan, with, a fan of him instantly. So I definitely would not be him winning. I could see him winning. And then Adam Cole gets jealous because that's his title. And then they feud. Maybe he wants to have, get the title back. And maybe Kyle O'Reilly is... Or I mean, not Kyle O'Reilly. Um, Bobby Fish is on his side, and Roddy's on Adam's side, or something, and it splits halfway. And maybe I mean, I would hate for that to happen, but like I could see it happening. Um, maybe they feud, and then Adam loses, and then Karrion Cross 
tries to get the title back or something like that. Like, I could see that happening. I could see Finn retaining. Um, but what I really think is going to happen is I, I think Kyle's going to win. Okay. All right, two for yeah. Kyle, one for Balor. I'm, I'm I'm sticking with the safe choice. Interesting that you guys are going with O'Reilly. It's going to be a cool moment either way because then Kyle O'Reilly mm-hmm. is, uh, I think TakeOver 31 was too soon, but if he wins it next week, I think it would be well-deserved and make for a great moment and a great way to kick off the year. But either way, I'm very excited for this show. Um, the TakeOvers always deliver, and this isn't a TakeOver, but it feels one. It feels like one, and it's a lot like Halloween Havoc, and I think they should do more of these type of shows where they're not TakeOvers, but they do them in between the TakeOvers, um, and they do like the theme shows. Halloween Havoc was one of my favorite shows all year. Um, so much so that Alexis bought me the poster from the show because it was that fucking good of a show. Um, I might need a New Year's Evil poster next year because this is this is bound to be a banger of a show if it delivers. And I'm looking forward to it. So, without further ado, we finally got to get into it here. 2020 Year in Review Awards. We will work our way from the bottom to the top, you, you can't give away the good stuff right off the bat. That being the wrestler of the year and the female wrestler of the year. We're going to start with the little stuff, work our way to the top here. And uh, like I told you guys before we went on the air, I want to hear who you voted for, if you can remember who you voted for or what you voted for, and as well as who you think is going to win among the categories, among the nominees. And then I'll tell you guys uh, who won each one, what the percentage was, what the margin was, blah, 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 who I thought should have won. Um... So we're going to start with the WWE Network Show of the Year. And the network has actually had a great year, I think, of, of all the positives to come out of this pandemic. And obviously, they were few and far between. Uh, for wrestling, anyway, as far as the network is concerned, they had a lot of great fucking content this year. Um, so to put this one together, I thought was a little tough. And I'm going to be honest with you, while going through the results, this might have been the most... Mm, I'd have to look through the other categories, but this one might have been the most well spread out in terms of who voted for what. Um, because even like the least one that has like the least amount of votes still had not a decent amount, but and not, not there wasn't anyone that didn't vote for anything here, if that makes any sense. Like nothing got 0%. There were other categories that got 0%, but not this one though. So the nominees for WWE Network Show of the Year were WWE 24, and they did a lot of great 24s this year. The Ric Flair one was great. The Edge one was awesome. The WrestleMania 35 one was great that we were all there for. Um, The Keith Lee one was great. Drew McIntyre was great. I can go on and on. They were all fantastic. Um, The R-Truth Game Show debuted this year. I put that on here. Raw Talk, Talking Smack, Chronicle, Broken Skull Sessions, and of course, The Last Ride. So uh, Alexis, I'm going to start with you. Of those nominees, who did you vote for, and who do you think won the WWE Network Show of the Year? I think I voted for The Last Ride, and I also, I think that's going to win, just because it was the most popular, it was like, it was in the midst of all the, oh, is he going to retire, like, is this, is this it for him, like, what's going to happen, it it was in the midst of all that kind of drama, and I I remember how big it was, like, when it came out and everyone was talking about how good it was and stuff like that, so... Um, that's why I think that one is going to win. All right. What about you, Mr. Marceau? I voted for the last ride and I will go with Alexis as well. I believe that did win as well. Um, I'm saying that because it was highly promoted on Ross Smackdown NXT. They showed vignettes and kind of little snippets of it. They highly promoted it. Um, something very new, like Alexis said as well, teasing the undertaker retirement or kind of what his next chapter is. The 24s, I think, will probably be close because those are always great productions as well. But um, last ride, I'm going with. If you had to pick a second choice, Alexis, what do you think won? 
I would say Broken Skull Sessions, too, just because... Um, they did know. a lot of those as well, yeah. Yeah, and I like I'm only going by what I think is like the most prominent of the year, the most popular. I the 24s are so good, but I just have a gut feeling like not enough people watch them, not enough people know about them. I mean, I I bet they do, but yeah, no, I know I what just, you're saying. That's yeah, a great I just point, feel actually. Like more, yeah. I just feel like more people know about the Broken Skull session stuff just because of you know it's Stone Cold and like he has a TV show and stuff like that. Yeah, I know exactly. I was gonna say that's actually a great answer because I was gonna say say I was gonna say the same thing about like the Chronicles because like even less than the twenty fours, they do more Chronicles than they do twenty fours. They do one like a, every month, um, but they don't get talked about enough. They just did one on Kevin Owens that I watched recently that was good. The Lana one was all right. The Jay Uso one we watched a little bit. That one was great. The Shayna Baszler one earlier this year was really good. They did one on McIntyre earlier this year that was really good. Um, they do great work with those all the time as well. So, the WWE Network Show of the Year was none other with 38.5% of the vote. Of course, the last ride, you had to know that was going to win. So, that won um, with 38% uh, percent of the vote. Number two, this is where it gets interesting. Number two with 15.4% of the vote was talking smack, interestingly enough, Um not Broken what? Skull, not 24. Yeah, Talking Smack actually won with 15.4% of the vote. And I'm going to be honest with you, that's not a bad pick because I know neither of you watch it. I do. Talking Smack has actually turned into a great show um, with Paul Heyman hosting. Kayla Braxton's really good. They've had a lot of great moments on it in the last couple months. They only brought back Talking Smack in August. So I don't know if I would go for it as like the show of the year because you know, it's only been around for a couple months. Um, but it's actually a really good talk show. Would I put it in number two? No. But I thought it was very interesting that got number two. Number three uh, was Chronicle. Again, very shocking. <laughs> very, I did not expect that at all. So Chronicle got 11.5% of the vote. Broken Skull Sessions got 9.6%. The, I, wow, I forgot to mention this. The Ruthless Aggression Show got 9.6 as well. I mean, I honestly, I didn't think anyone was going to vote for that because that show aired literally in February, what felt like a decade ago because it was pre-pandemic. That got 9.6% uh, of the vote. WWE 24 got 5.8% of the vote, which really, really shocked me. I mean, people know more about that than they do the Ruthless Aggression stuff, so I was shocked by that. Um, Our Truth Game Show was tied with that with 58 and Raw Talk, of course, because Charlie Caruso sucks, comes in at 3.8% uh, of the vote at dead last. Uh, any thoughts on those nominees, Mr. Marceau, and what, what, you know, which one won where? Yeah, I'm a little surprised Talking Smack was a little bit higher. I mean, I've seen little snippets of it recently. I feel like they've had some decent stuff on that. I mean, Raw Talk, the show's trash. Why the hell would you want to watch it <laughs> after the terrible show you had to watch? So, not surprised that's the last. Yeah, the Chronicles of 24 has been pretty good as well, so not, nothing crazy. Any additional thoughts, Alexis? Uh, not really. I mean, I, aside from the fact I totally forgot the Ruthless Aggression thing was even a thing, but um, if, if I had remembered about that, I would have said it probably would have been higher up just because of I remember how much everyone loved that show when it came out and how good everyone said it was, but mm -hmm. I'm a little, I don't know. 
I'm, I'm a little disappointed that Talking Smack is so high just because I don't really give a shit for that stuff. Don't really give a shit about that stuff. Hey, it's actually a decent <laughs> show. Hey, listen, I would be more disappointed if Raw Talk was in that spot because Raw Talk, you know oh, how yeah, much I, I fucking hate Raw Talk. We watch Raw Talk. We we watch Raw Talk every week after Raw is over because uh, I watch it. I review it for the next day. God, that show is fucking terrible. So I'm so glad that uh, Talking Smack got above that one. But uh, yeah, Mr. Marceau, did you rewatch the Ruthless Aggression show or did you just... Because you sent in a question to hashtag about it. Did you just, you know, remember it or did you rewatch the show recently? Just remembered it. I didn't rewatch oh, okay. it recently. Gotcha. No, it was a great show. Alexis and I still have to. I mean, I've watched it. She hasn't seen it, but um, it's a great show. So, speaking of shows, we get to the show of the year. Um, this goes for. I had to do. What did I do? I did eight nominees for every category. So, I had to kind of stretch and include, like, main event. <laughs> You know, in shows like that, which you know aren't going to win, but I had to include them. So um, for shows, the obvious nominees, Raw, SmackDown, NXT, NXT UK, 205 Live, Main Event, AEW Dynamite, and AEW Dark. Um, Alexis, who did you vote for? Who do you think won? I believe I voted for Dynamite, and I think Dynamite's going to win just because... They've been, like, honestly, they've been killing it. Like, their first show um, without fans, one of the best shows I've ever seen them do. Like, they've been killing it all year. Um, They've been beating NXT almost every single week. And they have a lot of, they they have a great roster. Um, Tony Khan is amazing. Like, the way they handle situations, is they're a lot more um, mature than WWE is. And I, I think a lot more people are flocking over there quickly quickly so and there's a lot more positive feedback on that show too so i definitely think aw is going to win and i think behind that is going to be nxt and maybe behind that is going to be like smackdown or something but raw ain't going to be high up there i don't i don't think so at least <laughs> okay. i hope not because there's no hope for us what about you mr marzell i voted for smackdown um okay interesting good old, good old blue brand i mean I, I think they've had especially the last few months they've had great shows um, began the year was pretty terrible without Corbin Reigns dog food, but they, they started getting their footing back. And uh, I've over smacked on here. I mean, I think AEW probably win a bunch of marks voting in this in this pool. I'm assuming. Um, Alexis put over Tony Khan. I don't really have much to say about that. Uh, and if it's a vote, I'm probably getting off this phone call. And would you say if Raw won? If Raw gets a vote, I'm probably going to hang up on this phone call. <laughs> So, <laughs> oh no, I'm scared. So, um, what it was? What, what did Alexis say that I agreed with? Oh yeah, as far as like you know, uh, oh with dynamite, you know, not every episode is amazing. Um, I've said this before, but it is definitely even more so than NXT, and I enjoy NXT. RJ, we talk about this every week. I think NXT is a great show. AEW Dynamite has been the most consistent show of the year. I think Raw has been consistent, too, just in terms of how terrible it is. Um, but Dynamite has been consistently solid. I mean, some shows are better than others, but I have yet to see, like, a bad like a bad Dynamite show where I go, dude, what, what the fuck was that? Like, we haven't had that conversation yet. Some pretty weak or boring shows, especially lately before, obviously, this week. Um, but never, never a bad, bad show. So here's what we got here. With 56.9% of the vote, um, one of the highest percentages of any poll in, 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 in the awards this year, was AEW Dynamite. I mean, you had to know that was going to win. 
Um, <laughs> like Hardy said, a lot, a lot of Marks voting, but hey, I voted for Dynamite too. I think Dynamite was the show of the year by far. <laughs> Number two, with 23.5% of the vote, Friday Night SmackDown. Now, I was very, very surprised by that. Very surprised just because I agree with RJ. It's been a very good show for the most part lately. I thought last week's Christmas show was probably the best episode I've seen in a long time. Um, Definitely of the year. I thought last week's SmackDown was fucking sexy as hell. Um, But overall, though, we're talking of the year. You got to remember, you got to remember, I feel like with a lot of these categories, people kind of go off with what's recent and what kind of happened like in the last couple of weeks. SmackDown has only really been good since Roman Reigns came back. And Arja, we say this every week. If Roman's not there, SmackDown is in rough shape. It's in rough shape. Um, even though there's still a lot of people I care about on the show. Um, but specifically earlier on this year with the dog food shit, oh my god. I mean, we almost, Alexis and I didn't even watch SmackDown live for a while because after the whole Goldberg thing, the show sucked. Um, mm-hmm. the, the pandemic did not help. But it still won with second place. NXT third place with 13.7% of the vote, so... Thank God. And the rest of this is just, uh, I mean, it's pretty basic. Because Dynamite dominated so much, the rest of the percentages are really low. Um, NXT UK, main event, and AEW Dark, <laughs> they were all, dude, they were all tied for second to last year. They are all tied for fourth. Let me repeat that again. AEW Dark, main event, and NXT UK, which tells you what came in dead last year. 205 oh. Live. And Monday Night Raw, this made me laugh, both oh. literally got 0.0% of the fucking votes. Not even not oh. even Cody Collier voted oh. for Monday Night That's Raw. That's amazing. Dude. Oh, my God. 205 Live, listen, I understand. I get it. No one really watches the show, whatever. Raw got 0% of the fucking votes. I mean, not even the sympathy vote. Main event got more votes than Monday Night Raw. Some poor, some poor schmuck. Me and the four other people that watch Main Event every week voted for Main Event over Monday Night Raw. I mean, what the fuck does that tell you? That's terrible. Holy shit! Uh, your thoughts, RJ? I love it. Raw just—it was so bad all year and deserved that with zero votes. And Dynamite wins SmackDown second, NXT third. Any additional thoughts, Alexis? I mean, I'm speechless, honestly. I don't even know what to say to that. Like, I I enjoy, I, I don't enjoy Raw. Like, I don't enjoy Raw, but I, I like watching, I like, like, having something to watch on a Monday night. So that's why I, I like when it's on. But it's, I mean, that's their most, isn't that their most, like, viewed show? Oh, it's their flagship. Um, well, it's technically SmackDown is, but Raw is their flagship show, yes. Embarrassing! Like they really. Oh my god! I don't even know. I don't even know what to say to that. <laughs> Next one, I guess. I saw that and I just laughed. I'm like, dude, zero. Like, raw. Come on. I mean, at least you know you would think at least one or two people vote. The apology, you know, the apologists were like, oh, it's not that bad. No, it was. It was. It was bad. It was bad enough to where literally nobody voted for it. And we got a lot of votes in these things. Uh, so we go now to the pay per view of the year. Um, this included, obviously, takeovers, WWE pay-per-views, and AEW pay-per-views. So the eight nominees included the Royal Rumble. And I was going to include the NXT UK show, but I figured not a lot of people would vote for it anyway, so I didn't bother. Um, but I put in the Royal Rumble, Revolution, WrestleMania, Double or Nothing, TakeOver Portland from February, um, TakeOver 31, 
And uh, no, I, I forgot. I forgot one here. SummerSlam in full gear from AEW. Um, Alexis, what did you vote for? Who do you think won? This one was tough because there, there was a lot of good shows. I think among among those ones, uh, among the ones that they mentioned. Um. So okay. First of all, I think the the pandemic has made it really hard for yes. great, great people point. to put on like like put on extremely good shows like. Because it's not just about what happens. It's about how the crowd reacts. It's like, because it's satisfying if something good happens, like in the Men's Royal Rumble, which is what I think won, and it's what I voted for. Um, like, I I think what really made that show was, like, the reactions. Like, obviously, when Edge came out, like, seeing the like that one guy cry or, like, scream yes, like, it's just satisfying because that's how we're all feeling and, and we want to communicate that to them, like, thank God he's back or something like that. Um, or when Drew won, like, so I definitely think that won solely because of the fact that, it. first of all, it was amazing. Second of all, it was everything we wanted and more. And third of all, the, there was a crowd there. Mm-hmm. But I also think Revolution might have won. Um, is, that their, is that their only... Revolution, that's like the really good one, right? Um, yeah, that was the one in February. That was the first and only Revolution pay-per-view so far, yep. Yeah, I definitely think that could have won too. Um, but I I didn't. I don't think it won. I think it maybe got second for, for two reasons. One, because um, it's not as notable as the Royal Rumble. Like, more people watch that. Like, a lot of bigger things happened at the Royal Rumble. And um, two, I think... Well, yeah, just one reason, I guess. But <laughs> I, I also, I also think Revolution was really good, and I think it might win too, just because of the fact that there was a crowd there, and it, it was really good. And a lot of people talk about how, like, some amazing matches came from that show as well. Mm-hmm. No, definitely, I, I completely agree. Uh, what about you, RJ? Uh, voted and believe the Royal Rumble is the pay per view of the year. Um, I rewatched it the other day, and it was as good as I remembered it as being. Um, both Royal Rumble matches were great. Brian and Fiend with the strap match was good. Mm-hmm. Oscar and Becky, another great match. Yep. Lacey and Bailey was was all right, but um, hey, Bailey's come a long way. Bailey's come a long way. I, I would agree on that, and uh, I'd say probably the best Royal Rumble preview they've had in probably fifteen years. I thought it was good front to back. The men's Rumble had its it was great. I mean, Brock being there, killing everyone. Uh, Drew getting that big payoff. I mean, the pop when Drew fucking. Claymore Brock ring was unbelievable, um, and I mean, yeah, I, I go Royal Rumble. I mean, I mean, I'm assuming Revolution's one or two, um, but I think Royal Rumble, hands down, show of the year. Mm-hmm. All right, all right, yeah, I completely agree with both of you guys. We had a lot of great shows this year. I thought all the shows that I included were really good, um, even even to the point where I couldn't include other ones. Like I thought the, um. I included three AEW shows. I didn't put, like, the special shows. I didn't put Halloween Havoc. I probably should have because I think that would get a decent amount of votes, too. Halloween Havoc was good. Fighter Fest, Great American Bash. All those special shows were fun, too. Um, So, yeah. And obviously, I mean, the thing, it's, it's tough because Alexis and I were discussing this recently. Like, what if something happens in the last month of the year that should be on this list? For example, TLC, I thought was a very good show. RJ, you told me it was the top three pay-per-view of the year for you. I, I agree. Um, that should probably be on the list, but it happened so late that it's kind of hard to put on there, you know? Um, but of the eight pay-per-views that we had here, this was the only nominees that tied. 
This was the only category that tied, okay? So we have two pay-per-views of the year. And this does not happen often. I think this has probably happened maybe once or twice in the eight years that we've been doing these annual awards. Two pay-per-views for the pay-per-view of the year. Number one, with 25.5% of the vote, was the Royal Rumble from January. And the second pay-per-view that also earned 25.5% of the vote was AEW Revolution. So literally, huh. the, the, the two pay-per-views that Alexis mentioned are the top two pay-per-views of the year for 2020. Um, in second, another tie. So we have a second for show of the year in, in second. WrestleMania 36 with 15.7% of the vote and Double or Nothing with 15.7% of the vote. Um, those were the second best shows of the year according to the votes. And then the remaining votes saw TakeOver 31 was after that with 5.9% of the vote. Um, which we watched with Mr. Marceau a couple months ago. Great show. And then tied for last or fourth or whatever was SummerSlam, TakeOver Portland, and Full Gear. Um, I agree with the top two pay-per-views. I thought the Rumble was great. I completely agree with what Alexis said. It had a crowd there, so if there was no crowd, it would probably get knocked down a few pegs. But the crowd was hot. A lot of great moments. A lot of good matches. Can't disagree there. And Revolution was an awesome show. It wasn't the most perfect pay-per-view, and honestly... Full Gear was a, more, was a more consistent show. Full Gear had better matches overall. The difference between the two shows, though, was that Revolution had a crowd, and they had Chicago there, and it had the... I, you know, I won't get into the matches, but it had a great match in the tag team title match, which we'll get to later on. My only real takeaway from this was that TakeOver Portland should have gotten more votes. The problem with this, though, is that it happened in February... So, like, people don't remember it as much. Like, you go back and watch that takeover, I guarantee you people would vote more for it. You had Keith Lee and Dominic Dijakovic for the North American title. Tegan Knox and Dakota Kai in a street fight. You had Tommaso Ciampa, Adam Cole for the NXT title, amazing match. You had Gargano and Finn Balor, which was great. You had the tag titles, Broserweight and um, Broserweights in Undisputed Era. It was just uh, Rhea Ripley and Bianca Belair was on there, too. Just an amazing show top to bottom, one of the best takeovers they've ever done, but people don't remember it because it happened pre-pandemic, and I know the Rumble also happened pre-pandemic as did Revolution, but it's a takeover, so people just kind of expect it to be good. I don't know. That was my only real takeover. That was my only real takeaway from this. Otherwise, I agree with the Rumble and Revolution. Um, Any additional analysis, Alexis, on that? Um, Well, I'm happy I was right. I like like validation, but also... (laughs) I literally did not even, I wasn't even paying attention to the fact that the, that WrestleMania was on there, and that's really sad. That's the, that's what that's the one thing I'll say is. Well, WrestleMania got second. No, it got second, but like, I don't know. I just I just think they always present it as oh, it's the greatest show of the year, like it's the biggest show of the year, blah blah blah. Like it's this big deal, everyone knows about it. Um, but they really like this. This well, pandemic mean, really just yeah. kicked everyone in the ass, and it just goes to show you how wrestling really is. Um, like everyone participates in the sport, whether you're actually wrestling or not. If you're watching it, you really play a huge part in it because that that those two top winners, um, the crowd really did make the show, especially for the Royal Rumble. Like it really did make the show. Um, so, yeah, and I, I mean, I honestly forgot about WrestleMania. Like, cause <laughs> I mean, <laughs> the Royal Rumble was so good. Like, well, yeah. that's what I think of because of how legendary it was. It was so good. I mean, let's, let's be fair here, though. I think 
WrestleMania, given the circumstances, the two-day thing was really smart. If you have an eight-hour show with literally no people, the only fan they had there was a literal fucking fan in the ceiling, which was so embarrassing. It was terrible. Um, but it really wasn't that bad of a show, and I enjoyed it for what it was. I thought both nights were pretty good. So let's not poop on WrestleMania here. Yes, I, I mean, I'm not saying it was the worst show ever. I'm no, I understand saying, like, that, but I, I could see why it would be second, though. I, I could see that. It was it was low key forgettable. I'm gonna say that. Like I honestly yeah. forgot about the show because there's that like the like Money in the Bank. I remember more than that. I mean, I know what happened after it, but like that one's a more yeah. That was like, a, yeah. I forgot about that one. Yeah, that was a good show too. <laughs> like that one, I remember Royal Rumble. I remember Revolution. I remember um, yeah. Takeover Portland. I can remember somewhat watching it, like stuff like that. Like. WrestleMania, though, I just don't really... I don't know. <laughs> it, doesn't st- it doesn't stand out to me, is what I'll say. No, I understand. Well, it's also because we couldn't watch it with any people because it was literally like less than a month after the pandemic started, so... I know. Uh, I get it. I get it. What about you, RJ? What were your thoughts on uh, who won? No, I mean, I think th- I think what won should have won. I, I, I will go on a limb, though. I will say if the WrestleMania had either the early crowds of the performance center or the Thunderdome, it easily would have won. Yep. Um, I think that show it gets a lot of flack. Um, clearly as Alexa said, um, but two weeks after global pandemic shut everything off, no crowd, they pivoted as best as they could. Um, the no crowd definitely killed the show, but I bet you if there was a Thunderdome or somewhat of a crowd, it would easily be show of the air. Um, I attempted to watch the other night. I mean, no crowd is, it was fucking terrible. Um, <laughs> but I think the matches were all good. The two night format for like kind of format was great. And I think that if there was a crowd there to easily one show of the air. No, I agree. Uh, I thought it was a pretty good show overall. They made the most of a bad situation. I thought, again, I thought the two-night thing was really smart. So we have no word on what's going to happen next year with Mania, whether it's happening in L.A. or in Florida, fans, no fans. I think there's going to be some fans there, but I, I would love for it to be two nights every year. I said that um, I said that earlier this year. But, again, like I've said before, they would have to advertise what's happening on what night. You can't just be like, oh, I'm going to WrestleMania to see Brock Lesnar and Keith Lee, and then it happens on night two. And instead of night one, you get fucking Roman Reigns and Goldberg. So, I mean, like, you would need to advertise what's happening what night to make it really uh, transparent. But we go from there to the feud of the year. Um, There were a lot of good feuds included here. There were a lot of good ones between the two companies. I kind of had to stretch a little bit because there weren't a lot of great feuds, but there were a handful of really, really good ones. So, the ones that I included for match of the year, you got Edge versus Randy Orton. um, Yeah, for feud of the year. Edge versus Randy Orton. Bailey versus Sasha Banks, Mandy Rose versus Sonya Deville, the Young Bucks versus FTR, Tegan Knox versus Dakota Kai, Cody Rhodes versus MJF, Pat McAfee versus Adam Cole, and Roman Reigns versus Jay Uso. Uh, Mr. Marceau, what'd you vote for? What did you think when? Um, I voted for Roman and Jay Uso. Okay. Um, I thought it was the best feud of the year. Even though it was recent, I felt like. Had me probably the most invested in a feud all year. Um, it just, I mean, basically carried SmackDown for a few months, and they're still doing working together now. But I think that hands down, if MJF and Cody was more than just one match, I would definitely probably said that would be up there. But I, I'm going with Roman and Moose. So the other ones are good, but I think mm-hmm. they're kind of stretches for feuds of the year. What about you, Alexis? Um, I think I, I can't really remember, but I think I voted for Roman and Jay. Um, I think that one's going to win solely because of, first of all, it was amazing. Second of all, like it's more, it 
was more recent, so like more people will remember. And it was on SmackDown, which has more eyes. Mm-hmm. Um, but I also think Randy Orton and Edge might sneak up on everyone and get the win here for for a feud of the year, just because they had a lot of matches. I mean, Edge's, Edge's story of coming back is just really cool. Um, I mean, the matches like. A lot of people like the matches were kind of a, a snore, but like, Boo. I, I don't know. It's it's the two of them. So the second two one legends was good. here. So I definitely, so I definitely think it's it's between these two. All right, so I agree with you both. Edge and Orton winning should not be an upset. That should be a slam fucking dunk. I, I mean, don't. I never said that. I never no, said that. I, I know that. I know you're saying that it should sneak up and win because you guys are picking Roman and Jay. But I've just been saying this not to just you guys, but I'm just saying this in general. Like, are people forgetting that the only part worth watching from Raw before the pandemic was fucking Edge and Randy Orton before everything happened? I mean, it, it was so good. Like. We're forgetting when Orton went after Matt Hardy. The concerto was amazing. Like, there were so many good moments and a lot of different stuff happened. The Edge return was great. Um, When Orton first attacked, you know, Edge was great. The Beth Phoenix RKO was awesome. I don't know. I voted for that. But the real winner of this thing was not Edge and Randy Orton, but rather Roman Reigns and Jey Uso winning with 47.2% of the vote. Holy shit. So almost half the people voted for that feud. Uh, number two, with 22.6% of the vote, was Bailey and Sasha Banks. Now, what? Yeah, I, I, you know, I can understand that because they had a great story all year. You know, they've been teasing it for a long time. If we're going off the feud itself, it lasted a month. Like, she turned on her, they did the match a month or two later, and that was it. Like, that shouldn't be second place. If we're talking about the whole story, I get it. Um, I guess that's probably what people kept in mind. And it also happened recently, so that's another reason why. Number three was Edge and Randy Orton with 7.5% of the vote. Number three, um, that was tied with Adam Cole versus Pat McAfee um, with 5.7% of the vote. You had Mandy Rose versus Sonya. Again, a very underrated feud. I think that was one of the best women's feud that this company has done in literally years. Um, Becky and Charlotte was great too, but Mandy Rose and Sonya was amazing. Um, AEW did not get a lot of love here with 3.8% of the vote. The Young Bucks versus FTR. 1.9% of the vote, uh, these two were tied for dead last. Tegan Knox and Dakota Kai, and then Cody Rhodes versus MJF. Um, Alexis, your thoughts on Roman versus Jay winning? It was exactly what you expected, I guess. Yeah, I mean, I expected it to win. I'm I'm disappointed, though, that like Sasha and Bailey got higher than Edge and Randy Orton. Like, I, I, I agree that, with that. I agree with that, yeah. yes. Just because, like, listen, I okay, I don't, I don't love the two. I don't, <laughs> I don't mind Bailey. I can't stand Sasha. She is so unbearable. I, well, I that, that's the point, her. I think. But, but I get it. Yeah. But it's supposed to be the point with Bailey too. But she's not unbearable. I mean, she used to be like in a bad way a couple, like a month, a couple months ago. But like Sasha's just so irritating. Yeah. <laughs> um, I get it. And their feud wasn't even that good. Like they dragged it on and on. Like, oh, is she gonna like? Is she gonna attack her? Like, like everyone was talking about it for months, like back until like my birthday in May. Like, can we just seriously yeah. get it over with, dude? Like May, they've been teasing this since like Mania. Like they've been doing it for a long time. Well, then there you go. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. Um, I mean, the match should have happened to WrestleMania, but that's that's besides the point. Like, no, I, I hated the way they did it too. I thought Mandy and Sonya was miles better than that one. I agree that with that, one hundred percent. Yep was so much better like i was so much more invested but like ironically the worst feud 
gets more recognition and like on TV and stuff. Like they're all over on TV, Bailey and Sasha, but yet Mandy and Sonya are like not like it never like nothing it's like nothing ever happened. And yeah. Better feud. Yeah, exactly. So. I think again it, it's it's part of like the recent memory thing because Bailey and Sasha only just feuded recently. They're still on the show, you know, now. Mandy Rose is in a fucking tag team with Dana Brooke. It doesn't get much worse than that. And Sonya's not even on the show right now, so um, that's probably why. But I, I agree. That absolutely should have been higher, although I did enjoy Bailey and Sasha for what it was. I I voted for Edge and Orton, but Roman and Jay winning I have no issue with because it was the best part of SmackDown for as long as it lasted. And we're still getting it. Jay Uso's with Roman, so it's still kind of going, which is cool. Um, any additional analysis, Mr. Marceau? No, I mean, I thought Roman and Uso feud of the year. They won. Um, I mean, Bailey and Sasha, they, I mean, the feud was a month long. I mean, I think it was more the story of them teasing, basically running the women's division all year and then eventually breaking up. Um, yeah. I mean, Sonya and, and Mandy had a great feud. The matches weren't the greatest. So, I mean, I guess that could kind of go both ways. Randy and Edge, I mean, they had a good little feud. The matches kind of fell flat as well. Um, but no, I mean, I think Isa, Jay, and, and Roman is the feud of the year. Okay. All right. We move on now to the shocker of the year. Um, you know, for a, for a year that was full of just pandemic stuff, uh, just with no fans and shit, we had a lot of surprising moments between the two companies. It was harder to come up with stuff from AEW because I feel like we didn't get a lot of shocking stuff uh, from AEW. Though I did put on here Matt Hardy and Brody Lee debuting in the same night. Um, I did put on Darby Allen winning the AEW TNT title from Cody Rhodes of Full Gear. From WWE and NXT, I included Edge returning at the Royal Rumble, Otis becoming Mr. Money in the Bank, the New Day splitting up in the draft, Roman Reigns aligning with Paul Heyman, uh, Mustafa Ali being revealed as the leader of Retribution, and Johnny Gargano t- uh, turning on Tommaso Ciampa back at TakeOver Portland. Um, Alexis, who do you think won, and what did you vote for? Oh, boy. I mean, you know, I just, I really think Mustafa Ali being leader of Retribution won. No, I'm just kidding. It was, sh- um, it was shocking. I mean, this is called shocking. It's not best moment. It's a, it's a shocker. Yeah, it was shocking, but like... Who gives a fuck? Okay, say right now if edge returning doesn't win i'm i'm gonna riot like i just think that's bullshit because get that, your that is ready. what get your pitchfork ready <laughs> i will say oh, oh no <laughs> <laughs> <Ms. Marzo. laughs> oh no oh no but like seriously like i just thought i and i obviously i voted for that because like listen i didn't watch before so like i didn't watch him actively wrestle or anything um, and, like you told me everything. Like I, I was well aware of like who he was, why he wasn't on TV, and even I reacted. Like even my mom was like, "Oh my god!" Like what the hell? Like people, people that don't really watch it were shocked about that, mm-hmm. and like people were crying. It was a whole last moment. So it, it was, it was definitely one of the best moments of the year. A, definitely a shocker. Definitely a shocker. But I also think, um, like, that's what I want to win. But I also think Roman Reigns with Paul Heyman, that's definitely up there, too. Because seeing what Roman Reigns has done after that, yep. just incredible stuff. And, like, him and Paul Heyman, like, he's the last person you'd see with him because of the whole Brock Lesnar stuff. Um, so I definitely think that could win, too. But, like, come on. Yeah. No, I agree. What about you, Mr. Marceau? I voted for Edge. Um, you have your pitchfork was- ready. I have my pitchfork ready. Not really. Oh, no. I think I think Roman and Paul 
payment was more shocking to me because I like Edge was rumored like it was a little not well, but they're like oh Edge like there was dirty rumors that he might return. So it wasn't. I mean, it was shocking because he he did return, but there was some kind of inkling that he might return. Yep. I mean, Roman Paul Heyman was like legit shocking. No one even saw it coming. So I think Edge wins here. I I, I would say Paul and Roman are second. Everything else pales in comparison. All right, so winning with 54.7% of the vote. Edge returning to the Royal Rumble, so you can put your pitchforks down. Um, oh, thank that is, God. That is the shocker of the year. Coming in second place was Roman Reigns aligning with Paul Heyman with 26.4% of the vote. Um, before I go any further, though, I completely agree with RJ. So I was thinking about this the other day. I, I voted for Edge returning to the Rumble, too. Um, the thing is, though, is that Roman aligning with Paul was literally no one saw that coming. So if you talk about shocking, that was more shocking. The Edge thing was rumored a little bit. But the thing with Edge and why I would vote for that is because although it was rumored, it's one of those things that you don't really believe is real until you see it. So that's why I think that's a different case. You know, like if someone comes back like fucking... I don't know, uh, Brian Cage was shocking when he debuted, but we kind of figured that was coming at some point. That's a little different. You kind of know that's going to happen. We never actually thought Edge would come back. I didn't think he would actually come back, and then he did, so I'm glad that won. Uh, Roman with Paul, literally no one saw that coming, and it's been amazing, so I'm glad that won at second. The rest of these were just a wash. Uh, 9.4% of the vote was New Day splitting up in the draft, which was surprising. Um, Otis becoming Mr. Money in the Bank was definitely surprising for the wrong reasons, but that got 5% of the vote. Um, 1.9% of the vote tied here. Uh, Brody Lee and debut, uh, Brody Lee and Matt Hardy debuting in the same night and Darby Allen winning the TNT title were tied for second to last. And then in dead last with literally zero votes for either one, no one <laughs> voted for either one. Uh, Gargano turning on Ciampa just because it was so long ago. Um, I would say it was shocking, but it wasn't a big, big, big moment. So I get it. And then Mustafa Ali being revealed as the retribution leader also got 0.0% of the fucking votes. And I like Ali, but no one gives a fuck about retribution. So yeah, I, I already said my piece on edge winning, but I'm glad he won, even though, uh, the Roman thing was completely unexpected, but edge winning, I feel like it, it had to happen. I, I, I usually do return of the year, but we didn't get enough returns for me to do that. So, um, I just had shocker of the year instead. Um, but Alexis, do you agree with the, uh, the rankings here that what, what one? Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, some stuff like I think doesn't deserve to be compared to like the Roman thing or edge, um, like the Brody Lee debut and the Matt Hardy debut. Cause that, that was, that was really awesome. Um, especially in a time where like wrestling was so, so boring, like watching on TV with no fans and shit like that. Um, because that was their their first show with no fans. Um, I, I mean, I agree. I totally agree with what you guys are saying about how it wasn't really a shocker. But for me, it was because, like, okay, I heard, I heard they were like, oh yeah, like people are saying he's going to return to the ring, but he totally dismissed it. Like, no, that's not going to happen. Yeah. And then for me, I was like, oh, okay, like clearly it was a joke. And then when I saw it, I was like, what? Like that. <laughs> To me, it personally came out of nowhere. I mean, for a lot of other people who were speculating, then probably not. But I, I think I'm just, it was so shocking for me because I'm a little bit more gullible. Like, I just believed Edge. Um, but yeah, I, I, I agree too. with that. I, 
some some really good moments this year. Really good shockers this year. Yeah. No, I would agree. I, I believe him too. I mean, there was no reason to think he was coming back aside from, oh, he's definitely coming back. I mean, I don't know. You don't really believe, especially with an injury like that. I mean, you don't get situations yeah, like, like that. Yeah. You know, like Punk coming back would be awesome for someone like me or you who are fans of his, but like he could still wrestle if he wants to. So it's like we kind of figure it could happen at some point. Edge was literally told that he can't compete. And it's even different than Brian's case because Brian had a concussion and that was shocking too and, and whatever. And I figured he would wrestle just elsewhere. Edge couldn't wrestle anywhere. And it wasn't until AEW said, hey, you can come on in if you want. And WWE was like, oh, you know what, never mind. We'll, we'll, we'll second, you know, we'll, we'll think about bringing you in. And they did. And I'm glad he did. Him going to AEW as like sharp or something like that instead of Edge and like uh what would they what would they call Sharp. him instead? <laughs> I don't know. Um, they would call him ninety degree angle. Ninety degree angle. There you go. A cute angle. They call him a cute <laughs> angle. Um, it would have been just been stupid. It's just not the same. Sting going there, I think, would have been cool, and that would have been on here for Shocker of the Year. But I think Edge would have won regardless. And you, uh, you agree, Mister Marcel? Yep. Definitely. So we move on now to the most likely to break out for WWE and AEW. Um, we'll just do them at the same time here. We'll break down both because they're kind of the same thing. So to break out in WWE, um, mixed it up with NXT people and uh, the main roster people, we had Kyle O'Reilly, Big E, Bianca Belair, Shotzi Blackheart, Angel Garza, Raquel Gonzalez, Ridge Holland, and Cedric Alexander. And then from AEW, you had everyone from Ray Phoenix, John Silver, Wardlow, The Acclaimed, Ricky Starks, Powerhouse Hobbs, Jungle Boy in Scorpio Sky. So, Mr. Marceau, I'll start with you. Who did you vote for most likely to break out in 2021 for both companies? I went with two powerhouses here. I went with Raquel Gonzalez and Wardlow. Um, I think Gonzalez impressed a ton in 2020. Um, I think she's on her way to potentially being the next NXT Women's Champion in the next few months. And uh, if they do it correctly, I think it could work as her being the one to beat EO. Mm-hmm. And Wardlow, I, I, I've, I've enjoyed a lot of his work so far. I mean, he is still very green, but uh, an MGF and him split seems like it'll probably happen in 2021. I think he could be a big time player if done correctly as well. So, and one of the two big, the two uh, powerhouses. I thought you were going to say powerhouse Hobbs. No, he's he's he he got uh, disqualified because he lost to Orange Cassidy. <laughs> He got disqualified. He lost in ten seconds to Orange Cassidy and Dark, so it just—I I can never take him seriously again. Yeah. Uh, what about you, Alexis? Who'd you vote for in each one that you remember? Um, the AW one, like I literally don't remember. I don't even remember the list he said. And then the NXT oh or the God. regular one. The I'm pretty one. sure you said Ricky Starks. I'm pretty sure that's who you voted for. I did. I did. Um, okay. But I thought you meant the list i thought you meant like oh who was the best new star that broke out no that's no of, that's another let that's newcomer of the year. that's newcomer oh, the, okay okay um oh okay oh well, actually then, then i'm sorry i don't know who you i don't know who you voted i know you did newcomer ricky starks i don't know who you did for most likely to break out i don't remember about that i honestly don't even remember either so i'm just gonna agree with rj because honestly <laughs> i i do agree with rj on that, though, on that though because i know you said a lot and a lot of people have been Talking about how good yeah. these two when are. Yeah, Wardlow's I mean, going to break out. Yeah, with MJF. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I honestly don't really care for either of them. Boom. Like, Raquel Gonzalez, I don't really care for. I haven't Watch really cared left. for her. <laughs> <Watch> but... <your> <laughs> <left>. <laughs> I mean, I don't. Like, I, I'm starting 
you care for Raquel more because she's like she's in a more prominent role. But like I said the same thing about Damian Priest and like I like Damian Priest a lot more now because of how he's been treated. So I'm excited to see where these two go just because I, I want to see a different side of them that I haven't seen yet. Don't worry, I'm saving the archives of you pooping on Raquel and when you want her t shirt I'm gonna say shove it. <laughs> <laughs> Most likely to break out in 2021 for WWE, one with 35.8% of the vote, was Bianca Belair. Um, so oh. she's obviously a popular pick, I would say, to win the Women's Rumble. Um, so yeah, she won with 35.8% of the vote. In second place is the new Intercontinental Champion, Big E. And this was obviously, I put up the polls before he won the title, so people expect Big E to break out next year. Um, third place with 17% of the vote, Kyle O'Reilly. Which surprised me. I think a lot of people would vote for Kyle, but uh, I'm very happy to see that because I think he will be a breakout star. Uh, 9.4% of the vote. Shotzi Blackheart was in fourth. Um, wow. 5.7% tied here. Raquel and Angel Garza were tied. 3.8% um, was Cedric Alexander. And dead last with absolutely no votes was Ridge Holland. Um, <laughs> I, I feel bad for the guy, but... He's not on the show right now. I like him. I just don't know if uh, people expect him to break out. So we go to AEW with 30.8% of the votes most likely to break out next year, according, according to voters. Ricky Starks with 30% of the votes. 19.2% um, of the votes goes to Wardlow. So you were close there, Mr. Marceau. 17.3% um, of the votes went to the acclaimed in third place. Fourth place with 11.5% of the votes was Jungle Boy. 7.7% of the votes in fifth place went to Ray Phoenix. Um, six was 5.8 with John Silver. 3.8 tied for last with Scorpio Sky in Powerhouse Hobbs. Poor Scorpio Sky in there with Powerhouse Hobbs. And I like Powerhouse Hobbs, but Scorpio Sky should be up a little higher. So, um, yeah, the winners were Bianca for WWE and Ricky Starks for AEW. Uh, what about you, Alexis? Who do you think, uh, or what do you think of the results here? Um, I mean, I can agree with them. I, I definitely think Bianca's destined for great things. Like, she's really talented. She's she's very athletic. Yep. Um, and not just because, you know, she's impressive for a female yeah. wrestler, but just because she's a really strong individual. Mm -hmm. um, Ricky Starks, too. I, I really like Ricky Starks. I was saying to you, like, a few months ago, like, I personally haven't seen anyone that's on TV right now that has his look and... I mean, his vibe, Seth Rollins kind of has his vibe, but, like, his particular look, I think he's very unique. Um, and I'm really excited to see where both of them go. All right, what about you, Mr. Marceau? What were your thoughts and who won the uh, most likely to break out in 2021 awards for WWE and AEW? No, I agree on that. I just, I went with Kale and Wardlow because they're kind of, like, on the cusp of coming breakout. I think Bianca, I think I think she's kind of already there. I mean, she was a rebel, obviously. Uh, so you mean, you were a big breakout, <laughs> but... Uh, and then Ricky Starks, I think he's a star as well. So a little too under underneath people, but I mean, I'm not too surprised. Ricky and uh, Bianca won. Yeah, two future stars. Well, Mr. Marceau, I know you got to take off. Thanks for joining us. I will text you or whatever yeah, the rest of the me, results. Yeah, text me the results, please. And now, kid, kid is anxious to find out who won uh, each <laughs> uh, each category. See you later. See you, Mr. Marceau. Bye. Thanks for joining us. All right, Mr. Marceau is gone, so we move on here to the next category, which would be boom, boom, boom. And I also have to read off his answers, too. Um, i got to go check my text while you're talking. So, oh, this one was... 
Oh, man, I should have kept him on the line for this one. Oh, no. Most disappointing wrestler of the year. Oh, man, I'm so disappointed that he's not here for this. Uh, he's so good at pooping on people. So this is who was included. We had Aleister Black, Ricochet, Andrade, Kevin Owens, Mustafa Ali, Velveteen Dream, Miro, and Joey oh. Janela. Uh, <laughs> a, lot, a lot of disappointing people. Who did you think win, or who did you think won this category, Alexis? Who did you want to or, I mean, I guess not want to win. It's not a very good category to win. Uh, what are you thinking here? Well, I 1 million percent voted for Velveteen Dream because, well, I don't even think I need to say why, but let me start with the whole, like, thing that happened in the summer. I think we're all forgetting that giant, like, I forget what it was called, the speaking out movement. Yes. That, yeah. oh, my God. I mean, that, like, J- Jimmy Havoc got fired because of that. Um, Should we just do a category for, like, whose career got fucked the most from that movement? I mean, like, there were so many people that were completely, uh, and rightfully so, but just completely blackballed from the industry because of that. Jack Gallagher, he got fired. Haven't heard um, from him since, yeah. No. And those are two people that I was a big fan of. I really like those guys. I mean, now they're they're pieces of shit now that we know what happened. But <laughs> speaking of that, and, and Matt Riddle too, Matt Riddle's still dealing with stuff like that. But yeah. Velveteen, Velveteen Dream is one of those guys that was dealing with all that kind of stuff that came out. I believe he was talking to somebody. I don't want to get into details because I don't want to like, mess anything up. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. Really I, I agree, yeah. I don't really remember what happened, but... Mm-hmm. Don't want to slander after, the guy for something he may or may not have done. Exactly. Like, after that, everyone's like, all right, screw off, kid. And then he comes back. It was awesome when he came back. Um, but then, like, I don't understand what's going on with him behind the scenes because he'll leave for, like, a couple weeks or a couple months and then come back. Like, he's had, like, fucking four returns this year. And um, pushing aside all the stuff that happened in the summer with him – if you have a regular wrestler like that that didn't do anything wrong, um, which we don't know if he did anything wrong, but let's say they didn't and he didn't have any of this stuff going around and he was just returning and leaving for a couple of weeks, like that loses all momentum possible. And it's it just like he really has just fallen down a trench. So there's a lot to unpack about him and – Every time I see him now, it just pisses me off. Like, I just don't like him now. Um, and I think a lot of people feel like that, too. Yeah. So, he won. Um, but I also think Alistair Black might have won, too. Um, or, like, Miro. Just because... Well, actually, I don't think Miro won. I think it could be between Velveteen Dream and Alistair Black. But I don't want to do Alistair Black a disservice because he didn't do anything. But yeah. um, Alistair Black, for one, has just... I mean, the poor guy has not done shit. He's like, not even on the show. I, he hasn't been on the show in three he's months. Not even on, he's not even on the show. Exactly. He's one of their greatest performers, one of their greatest characters probably that they have right now. So much potential there. Mm. And you see the guy hobbling around with a fucking eye patch, talking in like, like in a dark room, acting like he's so scary. <laughs> yeah. Like, it's embarrassing. I don't think he got buried by all means. Um, there's other people that got buried more than him, but it's... Like, like the category suggests, it's very disappointing to see someone with so much potential and so much talent mm-hmm. being treated like that. And, and that can go for anybody, but him especially. Yeah, no, definitely. I mean, he hasn't even been on the show in three months. He was undefeated for a good portion of uh, 2020 before he lost mm-hmm. to AJ. 
Then he beat Bobby at Lashley at WrestleMania, and then he didn't really do a lot. The Rollins thing happened, disappeared from the show for a few months, went heel, that did nothing for him, lost to Kevin Owens three times, and it's been disappointing for someone that is as uh, as good as he is. But uh, I think, actually, it's funny you say that, because RJ voted for him as well. He just texted me his answers, so... He went with Aleister Black. You said Velveteen Dream, correct? Is the uh, number one yep. most disappointing? Okay. So I voted for Velveteen, uh, Velveteen Dream as well because I think uh, for someone who had as much potential and as much upside as a guy like him, I don't know, two years, not even two years ago, like a year ago, year and a half ago, yeah. that people were excited to see on the main roster at some point, that I myself 12 months ago was saying maybe you could face John Cena at WrestleMania. I mean, that's a fucking pipe dream now. Um, that's not going to happen. <laughs> But yeah, so I voted for him as well. Winning with 28.3% of the vote. This was very also a lot like Network Show of the Year. It was very well distributed. Winning with 28.3% of the vote. Joey Janela. Are you kidding me? <laughs> this is why I wanted RJ for this one. This Joey Janela. What is, is wrong with you? Well, come on, man. I mean, like, it was disappointing. That's why I put him in there. But to, it, that's like saying you have higher expectations for him than you did for Alistair, Ricochet, Miro, Dream, Owens, or Ali, or Andrade. I mean, come on, bro. That's ridiculous. I do not agree with that. I think whoever voted that's <laughs> listening that voted for Joey fucking Janela over <laughs> Velveteen Dream, who was literally accused of like, what is wrong with you? Joe, listen, Joey Janela, like, Joey Janela wasn't even like, oh, oh my God, it's Joey Janela. Like, no one gives a shit about him. No one has cared that much about him to begin with. Alistair Black, complete star. Velveteen Dream was a complete star in 2019. Like, when we saw him facing Matt Riddle at TakeOver, like, oh, my God. Like, he was a star. And there were such big things for him. And then all of a sudden, he fell down a hole. Miro, total star. And that, like, all that stuff. Joey Janela was never a star, and he will never be a star. Like, there was no... I think a big point of this category is potential. And Aleister Black has loads of potential. He still does. They're still saving for him. So Mm -hmm. I can understand why people wouldn't vote for him as much. But Velveteen Dream, like... This should have been a no-brainer. I'm very disappointed. <laughs> no Dude, pun it, I could not believe that when I read them. Like, I mean, I thought it was a typo. No, I don't. I, mean, agree, I don't agree with that whatsoever. That's so wrong. I know people had higher. Ex- <laughs> I know people had high expectations for him. Is like he's not terrible, but like I just, I don't know. I never thought he would come into 2021, or rather 2020, and win any titles or anything. So I just don't understand that at all. I really don't. Um, Dream did win second place, though, with 24.5% of the vote. So it was close. But the fact that Joey would get any votes at all is crazy. That's um, ridiculous. Miro is a number three at 18.9%. Ricochet number four with 11.3%. Alistair Black in fifth with 94 oh So well down, well well below before, uh, you know, what <clears throat> you guys thought he would do. Um, Andrade with 3.8% at sixth. And then tied for seventh and dead last is Ali and Owens with 1.9% of the votes. So, uh, yeah, Joey Janela, the most disappointing wrestler of the year. <laughs> he's the most disappointing wrestler, period. Like, he doesn't even have to win an award to do that. Like, uh, is he's already he, a disappointing guy. But Is he that disappointing if you didn't expect a lot from him to begin with? You know what I mean? It, like, exactly. Like, yeah, what's, yeah. what did you expect from him? He's What is he going to 
win a Royal Rumble or something, get the diamond ring from NJF. Like, the guy sucks. He's always sucked. Yeah. He looks like like a loser. I don't know. I get, I totally get the Ricochet one, though, because, like, Ricochet lost to Riddick Moss for the 24 Yeah, that was fucking bad. Yeah, it doesn't get much worse than that. So So I understand that one, but still, like, I'm so disappointed in you people. Dude, Joey Janela is... Uh, listen, I like Joey Janela. You know, I got a picture with him at the Northeast Wrestling Show about a year ago. And, uh, okay, I'm not his biggest fan. I probably wouldn't buy a t-shirt. But I said this to RJ before. He was a guy that I thought, you know, king of the independent scene, might come in and do some cool things. It's not like when he wasn't booked properly that I'm thinking, oh, man, they're really underutilizing this guy or he's wasted or whatever. No, I mean, he just kind of fills a role. And I think he does what he, you know, he, he fills that role well. But to say he's the most disappointing of the year, I think, is a is a stretch. I guess I'm the real moron for putting him in the category to begin with. But I was uh, that was yeah. easily the most shocking of any of these that we're about to talk about. So Ridiculous. this this is where we get to newcomers of the year. This is what you were thinking about earlier. This is the mm-hmm. newcomers for 2020 who really came in and did well wherever they were. Um, we'll kind of mm-hmm. combine them both. WWE and AEW here. WWE had um, Dominic Mysterio. Bianca Belair, Riddle, Keith Lee, Shayna Baszler, Santos Escobar, Karrion Cross, and Timothy Thatcher. In AEW for Newcomer of the Year, we had Lance Archer, Matt Hardy, Brian Cage, Miro, Thunder Rosa, Eddie Kingston, Brody Lee, and Ricky Starks. So who'd you vote for for each category for Newcomer of WWE and AEW, and who do you think won? I think, um, I think I voted for Dominic. I, you're saying two categories at the same time, so like I totally don't remember what you read. Oh, yeah, yeah, what yeah, I said. Right, yeah. But I definitely, I definitely voted for Dominic, and um, I also voted for Ricky Starks for AEW okay. um, because I think I, I think I did. No, you did. Yeah, I remember no, I you voted. I, no, you definitely, definitely voted did. for Ricky. Yeah, I think. But no, I definitely think Dominic has had such a good year. I mean, the guy just came into the company, and he's he was fighting like on the main roster he was fighting Seth Rollins like he had a feud with him Seth Rollins is one of the greatest wrestlers they have um like honestly I if I were if I were Ray I'd be super proud of him because the guys had such a killer year um he's not on TV now is he I is he I haven't seen him on TV Ricky Starks No 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 Dominic uh, Yeah he's with Ray um, I haven't seen him, but that's yeah, they haven't I been on the show in a couple weeks. That not not since before yeah. TLC, yeah. But yeah, before like the rest of the year, he's mm-hmm. had a good year. I'm pretty sure I voted for him. And then Ricky Starks, Ricky Starks is is like, I mean, he's insane. I think he's had a good year too. Like mm-hmm. from being in NWA, coming into AEW, and like what he's doing now with Taz, I, I think it's really good stuff. I don't think everyone voted for those people. Those are just who I liked. Um, I can't remember who you read, so I, I don't I don't know who people voted for, but I know it's not who I picked. Well, RJ voted for the WWE one, Karrion Cross, as his newcomer mm-hmm. of the year. Oh, for yeah. the AEW one, he voted for, interestingly enough, didn't think he would do this, but he voted for Thunder Rosa. Very, I thought that was very interesting, because he doesn't speak very highly, like, not that he doesn't like her, but he hasn't come on the show every week and said, oh, man, she's amazing. Like So I, I was a little surprised by that. Um, mm-hmm. We'll start with the AEW one for a newcomer of the year. Winning with 40.7% of the vote, Eddie Kingston. 
was uh, who won that really? category. Yeah, I was surprised by that one. Ricky Starks huh. did come in second with 24.1% of the vote. So um, he was up there, but it wasn't like a, you know, a close, wasn't a close call. He was pretty distinctly down there. So well behind Eddie Kingston. Number three, um, and actually tied for number three, was Thunder Rosa and Brody Lee with 11.1% of the vote. Number four, coming in number four for AEW, was Matt Hardy with 7.4% of the vote. Um, Brian Cage got right underneath that with uh, 3.7% of the vote. Lance Archer, 1.9%. And Miro, absolutely no votes. 0%. So, he, <laughs> I guess a lot of people took that disappointing wrestler category to heart because he got he got zero votes here for um, wow. AEW Newcomer. And I like Miro, but I think a lot of people recognize that his run has been shit so far. So, um, that was surprising. I I will say this before I forget, before you go on to the other yep. section. Um, Just give your thoughts on it now. That's fine. Yeah, I Honestly, now that you're reading all the rest of the names, like Brody Lee, I I think I should have voted for even more because he came into the company this year. I mean, obviously, whatever happened, happened. You know, all the terrible circumstances that mm-hmm. happened um, in the past few days. But... Before that, the guys had such a great time with AEW. Like he was killing it in in the business. Like he was killing the business. Um, yeah, by the book. Like yeah, exactly. With with the Dark Order, like he won the TNT title. He beat Cody for it. Like he really had a good year. I honestly, I think that would have been a better choice too. Like Ricky Starks has had a great year too. Eddie Kingston. I mean, the guy's so talented. He's destined for great things. He's only scratched the surface, so I, I can totally see that, too. So, um, yeah, I agree with most of those. I think Brody Lee should have been probably second or, yeah. But, yeah. yeah. I think I voted for Brody Lee, too, just because he accomplished the most out of anyone. And that's not always, you know, everything. But, you know, he, he elevated the Dark Order. He elevated a lot of people in the group. Um, won the TNT title, had a pretty dominant reign there. Contended for the World Championship, a double or nothing, and a really good match with Moxley. Um, and I only, I only, I was the last person to vote before I closed the poll. So obviously that the, his passing was really what stuck with me when I voted, but that wasn't the only reason I think out of everyone, he, he just did the most and he was the, the biggest breakout star of the group for AEW in 2020. Eddie, Eddie Kingston was a big one. I think he was the newcomer cause a lot of people didn't know who he was. You know, I mean, obviously we kind of knew who he was from NWA. He's been an impact yeah. before he, he's been around the block, but. There's a lot of people, probably RJ included, who had no idea who Eddie Kingston was before now. So, I mean, he didn't vote for Kingston, but I think a lot of people did because he came in. He has a faction of his own now. He's an amazing talker. Um, took Cody to the limit in a TNT title match on Dynamite and got a pay-per-view main event against John Moxley for the World Championship. So, it's hard to get much higher than that. Um, I would have I would have liked to see Brody Lee win, not just because of the current circumstances, but just because I thought he was the newcomer of the year. But Eddie Kingston really came in to turn heads, and Ricky Starks was great, too. So I can't argue with that. For the WWE one, winning with 30.4% of the vote, was Keith Lee was the newcomer oh. of the year, interestingly enough. Now, of course, when I say newcomer, I mean newcomer to the main roster, because he was obviously in NXT for a little while. Um, he mm-hmm. debuted... <clears throat> for WWE on the main roster the night after SummerSlam. So this is kind of going off the last couple of months, um, but he is the newcomer of the year. Second place with 23.2% of the vote, so a little behind Keith, was Dominic Mysterio, um, which is who okay. I voted for as well. I think he should have won, but Keith Lee's not a terrible choice. 16.1% of the vote, um, Bianca Belair. 
I don't think I should have put her a newcomer and most likely to break out because that doesn't make a lot of sense. I probably should have taken her out of one yeah, of the same categories. Yeah, uh, same with Ricky. Um, oh, yeah, yeah. I didn't really think about that. Yeah. Oops. But yeah. So yeah, she won. Actually, he came in second. She came in third. But yeah, I I agree. Um, fourth place was who RJ voted for with our fourteen point three percent of the vote. Carrying Cross, seven point one percent went to fifth place. Santos Escarar. Uh, sixth place went to five point four percent. Riddle. Um, Timothy Thatcher with three point six percent of the vote. And dead last for newcomer of the year with zero votes. And this this was one of those ones that that made me laugh when I read it. Um, mm-hmm. Shayna Shayna Baszler, zero really percent of the votes. Oh no! I mean that just kind of goes to show how bad her booking was this year. I mean, come on, man. I mean that's just it's just crazy. <laughs> I mean, she came in. She, we, she was treated horribly. I mean, we let let's quickly recap because we've talked about this before off air. But she comes yeah. in, coming off a a near record setting reign as NXT Women's Champion. A lot of buzz, a lot of momentum. She arrives in the Rumble, loses. She won Elimination Chamber, lost the WrestleMania. Okay, that was a little weird. Oh, she'll rebound. It's okay. Loses the Money in the Bank. <laughs> okay, she lost again. That's when we're thinking. Okay, this is just, she's just a loser now. Um, failed to become the number one contender to the title. I think she lost the Battle Royal on SmackDown, a number one contender's Battle Royal. Joined the tag team ranks instead and went on a four-month run as the tag team champion in a reign that meant absolutely nothing. And she recently mm-hmm. lost to Lana and got pinned by her at least once or twice. I mean... Honestly, I'm confused as to why you didn't put her in most disappointing of the year. That is also confusing. I don't know why I did that. <laughs> Because to be honest with you, she probably would have won. She probably would have, considering she got zero votes here, like Miro. She probably would have. I mean, I put Miro and Miss Disappointing in newcomer, so I probably should have put her in both too. I probably should have taken out Owens or something. Yeah. Wait, Owens was on there. Owens was in most disappointing. Oh yeah, I definitely put Shane on. But okay, um, actually, yeah, I I put no women in there for most disappointing. So yeah, that actually would have been a good one. Definitely would have won. Uh huh. Over Joey Janela. Or like, Mia, or like Mia Yim or something, or Mercedes or something. Oh, yeah, Mercedes had a pretty good year. I mean, obviously, she was in retribution for a cup of coffee, but, I mean, could have been worse for her. But, yeah. But, anyway, but, yeah, Keith Or, or maybe Rhea, too. Rhea would have been a good one, too, considering the year she's had. Yeah, she's not had a not, good year, but... Yeah, disappointing, but I don't think, compared to everyone else, not that disappointing. But she did rebound towards yeah. the end. I mean, she, she feels special now. Just early on, I yeah. mean, yeah. Early on, I think she fucking but, got pinned by, like, Chelsea Green or some shit, so that doesn't get much yeah. worse than that. But that aside, I mean, newcomer of the year. I totally forgot what we were talking about. <laughs> oh, well, say, say that again. I think I lost there for a second. We're talking about newcomer of the year, right? Oh yeah, Keith Lee won. Dominic was in second. Bianca in third. Okay. Um. No, I. I mean, I like that too. I. I forgot Keith was in the category, but I think everyone said Keith obviously because he's more relevant. Like he's been on the show a lot more. Um, Dominic has not been, I, I don't know where Dominic's been lately, but Dominic's had a killer year. So good for him. Honestly, like what a great start to his, his career, mm-hmm. his wrestling career. Um, he's destined for great things. Keith Lee, same thing. I mean, hopefully he'll win the Royal Rumble. Who knows? Um, I don't think so, but I, you know, a girl can dream. Shayna Baszler. I <laughs> don't know what to say. I listen. 
she is probably one of my favorite women's wrestlers. Like, I really love her. I'm a big fan of hers. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm not a big fan of hers on the main roster. I'm a big fan of her in NXT because she was, like, a lot of people say Asuka was, like, a stone-cold killer. I think Shayna was. Mm-hmm. Like, Shayna, like, I don't know. She's just way more badass. And the fact that they've totally 180'd her into, like, a joke mm-hmm. like Nia Jax. It's just embarrassing and it is disappointing. Um, yeah. So, yeah. And I, I can see why no one would vote for her because she's embarrassing to see on TV. I don't blame people. Yeah. I think the bigger takeaway is not that Keith Lee won, but that Shayna Baszler got zero votes. I yeah, mean, that says a definitely. Lot. Same, same thing with raw. Same thing with raw. It's very talented. <laughs> exactly. And she's that on was raw. hilarious. Yeah. That's, uh, that, that's very fitting, but, uh, yeah, no, I thought I thought uh, Keith Lee was a good winner. I would have gone with Dominic. He really impressed in those final few months. And I'm an idiot, too. I really should have put Pat McAfee on here. Um, I know he's not a full-signed member of the roster, which is probably why I didn't do that. But, I mean, the guy is more full-time than, like, a friggin', I don't know. I'm trying to think of uh, Rob Gronkowski, for example. Like, I wouldn't put him on there. He was there for literally, like, WrestleMania. He's more, uh, he's more full-time than the tag team division is. Exactly, exactly. That tag team division. Oh, we'll get to the tag team division. We got to talk about tag team of the year shortly. Um, we'll talk about matches of the year before then quickly. Women's match of the year, and there were a lot of matches between the two companies, which is why I gave them two separate categories this year because usually I wouldn't do that. Um, but for match of the year, we have Tegan Knox versus Dakota Kai in the street fight from Takeover Portland. We had Akurashita versus Nyla Rose from Double or Nothing. Akurashita versus Thunder Rosa. From All Out, both matches for the AEW Women's Title, the Women's Royal Rumble match: Rhea Ripley versus Charlotte Flair, Bailey and Sasha Banks from Hell in the Cell, Io Shirai and Rhea Ripley from the November 18th edition of NXT for the Women's Title, and Oscar versus Sasha Banks from SummerSlam for the Raw Women's Championship. Uh, what did you think was the Women's Match of the Year, Alexis? Honestly, I didn't really have anything. Like I, I just voted. I think Io Shirai versus. Ripley wasn't that on there that was on there yeah, yeah from NXT a couple um, weeks ago yeah yeah um I just said that I didn't even watch it um <laughs> I didn't even watch it I'm just very I'm disappointed in like the women's division this year just because like last year was so good with the the Wrestlemania main event like it was amazing but it was because they had Ronda Rousey they had Becky Lynch like yeah, they the only peak. focus on five percent of the women they have like wwe does and it's just disappointing to watch like the women everywhere AEW's women is getting better but when they first started it was horrible um impact is really good but like wwe is they they have to do better they have to respect their women more and they have to put them on the show more it's telling that like me as a GM on Raw on SmackDown vs. Raw 2007, I can do a better job of booking the women <laughs> oh, yeah. than fucking Vince McMahon can, who has 30 years of experience. Like, that's telling. I mean, the, re- the real um, women's feud of the year here is Trish Stratus versus Candice Michelle from the video game. Uh, it, it absolutely is, and I think more people need to watch it. So mm-hmm, I agree. Um, but I, I, I think... I honestly don't even know what would win. Like... I really don't know because because of how disappointing the women's division has been. Um, I'm not really sure what people pick. Maybe the the rumble or maybe something with uh, Sasha and Bailey. What was it? Sasha and Bailey, Hell in a Cell. That's what RJ voted for. 
Yeah, I think I think people could vote for that just because of it's more relevant. The feud is very well known, so I could see people voting for that. Yeah. Well, winning with 50.9% of the vote, 50% of the people, half the people that voted in the poll voted for as the winner, Bailey versus Sasha Banks at Hell in the yep. Cell, which shouldn't surprise you. I mean, we just went over the top 10 list a couple of days ago, and that was match number two. I don't think it was match number two, but, you know, I, yeah. it, it was a great match. I, the, the reason I wouldn't put it at number two, like my the, the second best match of the year, is for a few reasons. One, the feud was very good, but not at the level that it should have been at. They should not have done it inside Hell in the Cell. You know, I just thought it was rushed. They should have saved it for a different point or done it at WrestleMania or at SummerSlam or whatever. That's what I would have done. Um, that and also the fact that there are other matches that they had in, on TakeOver in NXT years ago were better than this one. Not to say that this was bad. This was a great match, but of all the other matches on here... I, I would agree. I think I voted for that as the women's match of the year. That just kind of makes sense. So um, that one with 50%, nothing else came close at all. Um, second place with 14%, which surprised me, was Io Shirai and Rhea Ripley from that November 18th episode of NXT, which again surprised me just because it was an NXT TV match and all the other matches happened on pay-per-views or takeovers. So I was really surprised that came in second, but it was a great match oh. though. Um, so you came close with your pick, even though it was, uh, like a far, a very far second. Third place was Asuka and Sasha from SummerSlam with 12.3% of the vote. Um, fourth place with 10.5% of the vote was Rhea Ripley and Charlotte from WrestleMania, which I think that was the second best women's match of the year, but that's just me. So I think that should have been a lot higher. Um, coming in fifth place, uh, tied for fifth place actually are three different matches with 3.5% of the vote. Tegan versus Dakota from TakeOver. Hakura Shida versus Thunder Rosa from All Out. And the Women's Rumble were all tied for fifth. And then dead last and sixth is um, Hakura Shida versus uh, Nyla Rose from Double or Nothing for the AEW Women's title with 1.8% of the vote. So yeah, Bailey versus Sasha won. No, no real surprise there, even though you voted for Rhea yeah. and Io, which I'm surprised got in second. But I guess, again, it's one of those things where it's a more recent match, so more people remember it. Yeah, not much to uh, not much to say about that. I mean, I don't really care about the Sasha Bailey thing at all. Like, I I just don't. Um, I I Bailey has grown on me though. Like she she grew on me towards her her uh, like the latter side of her of her reign. I agree, but not because of the stuff Sasha was doing. It was just because of how badass it was that she had that title for so long, and she just became more badass as um as her reign got longer and longer but mm-hmm. yeah i i don't really give a shit for that feud really <laughs> i the nx the nxt stuff like nxt's women's division like you said earlier is the best women's division everywhere so yeah. i would ex- i expect more from them but yeah yeah hopefully next year that we have more matches that we can say okay that was an amazing women's match that's the match of the year i didn't we, i didn't really feel like we had that this year as good as bailey and sasha yeah. was i didn't feel that way after watching it where i said oh that was the match of the year for the women i, I didn't feel that way i feel like it won exactly. by default um that's why a lot of people voted for it although it was a great match i'm not going to discount them on that at all like for example i thought bailey not bailey uh becky and sasha at hell in the cell last year was a better match than that and i think that may have won for women's match of the year i'm not sure um, but that was I a think great it match. did. I think it did too. I'd have to go back and look, but I'm pretty sure it did because RJ was pretty happy about that because that was like his favorite match of the year. Period. Oh, actually, I'm sorry. I didn't do women's match of the year last year. Um, that was included all in match of the year 
I don't think it won, but oh. it came in a close second. I'd have to go back and check. Um, but it was a great match. Now, and what, my point being that it was better than this one. This one, I just feel like kind of won because there wasn't many other matches. Rhea and Charlotte. Yeah. Rhea and Charlotte, I feel like probably would have won had WrestleMania happened in like the Thunderdome or with more fans because it was an awesome match, even though the outcome fucking sucked. Um, that's a different yep. story. And that's why I kind of ruined it for you. But it was a great match, though. So we get to the men's match of the year for WWE and AEW here. A lot of great matches. This one was way more difficult. No discredit to the women, but this one was a lot more. It was a lot tougher because there were a lot of very, very good matches this year. Not one that stood out as being the best. I mean, one I would actually I I, I take that back. But um, there were a lot of very, very good to great matches this year. So we'll start from the top and work our way down, beginning with the men's Royal Rumble match. Of course, um, that was a nominee as well as... I'm trying to go in order of when they happened. Um, that match, Undertaker and AJ Styles from WrestleMania 36, Kenny Omega and Adam Page versus the Young Bucks from Revolution of AEW, um, Walter and Ilya Dragunov from uh, NXT UK just recently, uh, the Young Bucks versus FTR from Full Gear, AJ Styles and Daniel Bryan from the June 12th, the 2020 edition of SmackDown for the Intercontinental Championship, Kenny Omega versus Pac in the Iron Man match from Dynamite, and Finn Balor versus Kyle O'Reilly from Takeover 31 for the NXT Championship. So, what'd you vote for, Alexis? What did you think won? Oh my God, that Iron Man match! Take my money. That's what I voted for. That was like, okay, I don't really pay attention to the wrestling. Like when we watch it, I really like to watch like, oh, the entrance themes or like, what are they wearing? Like stuff like that. Mm-hmm. I'm more interested in that kind of aspect or the storylines or the characters. Um, but when that Iron Man match was going, like, I could not look away. It was so good. And that's how I judge a, a really, really, really captivating match is if I was amazed by it, like, forget it. It was good. So that one I voted for. I don't think it won um, just because of how far away it happened. Mm-hmm. I don't even remember when it happened, but I remember how good it was. It was right um, before Revolution, so that tells you how far away it was. Well, exactly. So I, I don't think that won at all. I think the Royal Rumble um, or the the Boneyard match won because the Boneyard match won match of the year for WWE. So I definitely think that could have taken first place also because of it, it was at WrestleMania. It, it was just a more memorable thing. Like mm-hmm. it was the I think it was the first cinematic match they they did or anyone did. Right. Aside from like the Matt Hardy yeah, it was. No, no, no. Well, yeah, the Matt Hardy stuff came after, so... Uh, I mean, yeah, well, yeah, of the pandemic era. Yeah, yeah, so uh, that was the first yeah. one. Firefly Funhouse was the uh, next day. Yeah. Oh, yeah, oh, my God, that one was good, too. But I think the Bonger match won, or the Men's Royal Rumble, because of, you know, reasons that I said earlier. Yeah, no, I agree. Um, RJ had the Men's Royal Rumble match down, as what he thought should have won for match of the year. So winning with 34.5% of the vote was what I voted for as well. Kenny Omega and Adam Page versus the Young Bucks from Revolution for the tag titles is the men's match of the year. What? Yeah, that that was... Uh, I agree with that. I agree with that. Um, I, I put that down as my match of the year as well. So, um, Wow. Yeah, no, I, it was an amazing match. There was probably, I don't know, the greatest tag team match I've ever seen. Um, like other people said, people were like, oh, it was the greatest match in North American history. Like, what the fuck are you talking about? But it was an amazing match, though, so I, I agree with that as the top spot. Number two, actually, we got two matches in number two, tied for 13.8% for both. 
the Men's Rumble, which was my WWE match of the year. I think overall match of the year is the tag match. My WWE match of the year would be the Men's Rumble. That's tied with Undertaker versus AJ Styles, the Boneyard match from WrestleMania 36. You mentioned that earlier. Mm-hmm. Um, that was number two. Number three, very surprising. 19 19% of the vote went to Walter versus Ilya Dragunov from NXT oh, nice. UK. Very happy that one got as many votes as it did. I figured, okay, it's NXT UK, no one cares. I mean, obviously people saw because people were praising it. I didn't think people enough people would fucking vote for it. That was in the match of the year. But they mm-hmm. did. They did. They got 19% of the vote, so that's pretty cool. Um, in fourth place was Finn Balor versus Kyle O'Reilly from TakeOver 31 with 12.1% of the vote. Um, we get to fifth place, 3.4. This is like the bottom of the barrel here. Fifth percent or fifth place with 3.4% of the vote. The Young Bucks versus FTR from Full Gear. And then tied for last, Kenny Omega versus Pac from Dynamite. And AJ Styles and Daniel Bryan from SmackDown for the IC title. Ooh. Both with 1.7% of the vote. I completely mm. agree. Omega and Pac should be a lot higher on the list. That was my big takeaway yeah. here. Um, it's it's actually kind of amazing because I, I included, what, three AEW matches here? The tag team match won, and then Omega and Pac, which happened three days before, came in last. So I thought that was interesting. It, that, that is very interesting, the fact that that tag team match won, because I don't even remember watching it. Like, I remember people talking about how good it was. Um, but, I mean, it, did, it, did, it didn't really do anything for me, because if it did, I would have voted for it. But I'm kind of disappointed the Iron Man match didn't get higher just because of how freaking good it was. It was so good. Again, but that's, yeah. what's, that's what's cool about this, is that a lot of the men's matches are really good. Um, so it's, like, hard to... It's hard to decipher which one should really be the best, for me at least. No, no, yeah, I agree. Um, I think with the Omega Pack one, too, I was going to say, was that it happened on TV. And it, again, the AJ Bryan one also happened on TV, too. That happened on a random SmackDown. So that's probably why more people don't remember it or didn't vote for it. Um, I mean, you remember, obviously, Omega and Pack, But uh, it was on a Dynamite right before the pay-per-view. So I get it. But people definitely remember it. I'm just very surprised it came in last. I mean, again, there's so many great matches. I guess something's got to come in last. So I guess guess if Walter and Ilya came in last, I'd be pissed too. So um, it is what it is. But, yeah, no, I thought that was cool. I'm glad Walter and Ilya was up there. Omega and Paige versus the Bucks was my match of the year. The Men's Rumble should be high up there. That was my WWE match of the year. That was fantastic as well. Um, so we close out with the final few categories here. First, the tag teams of the year. Um, we'll just we'll just fucking do both of these at the same time because you know the tag team division is fucking sucked in WWE. So this will take two seconds. Um, first of all, RJ voted for Paige and Omega as his AEW tag team of the year, and Bailey and Sasha for WWE. Um, so for the WWE tag team of the year, we had the Street Profits, the New Day, Undisputed Era, the Miz and John Morrison. Bailey and Sasha Banks, Nia Jackson, Shayna Baszler, Alexa Bliss and Nikki Cross, and the Kabuki Warriors. And the AEW tag teams included, uh, what did he say, Paige and Omega, that was a nominee, um, the Bucks, FTR, the Dark Order, SCU, Best Friends, Jurassic Express, and the Lucha Bros, the Lucha Brothers, were all the AEW tag teams of the year. So, who'd you vote for for each one? Who do you think won each category? Um, I voted for the Street Profits because for the WWE one, just because of how dominant they've been, and I don't know they 
they had a great time up on the main roster. So yeah, so I, far they're yeah. killing. Yeah, they're totally killing it. So I voted for them. And I mean, they got like what three men's tag teams or something, or fucking <laughs> one of them. So I literally have. The, I, yeah, I have what four teams here for the men, and three of them are on the main roster. Like I didn't even include Cesaro and Nakamura because it's not even worth it. No, and most of them are makeshift tag teams. Like, yeah, exactly. Specifically for the women. Exactly. But AEW, I think I just said FTR. I, I'm not sure why I said FTR, because it clearly would be Hangman and Omega, just because they, I think they were the longest reigning tag team in yeah. AEW so far. And they they've done, they did a lot of good stuff. I love the storyline of them breaking up and all that kind mm-hmm. of stuff. Like, they had a great dynamic. Um FTR is really good though too, but I, I think Hangman, Hangman and Omega is definitely going to win, and I think New Day is going to win for WWE or Undisputed Era. Okay, well you voted for FTR, but you think Page and Omega won for AEW, mm-hmm. and you think New Day and or or Undisputed Era are going to win, but you voted for the Profits. Mm-hmm. Okay, and RJ voted for like I said one more time, Page and Omega and Bailey and Sasha. So for the WWE, or we'll start with yeah, we'll start with the WWE because who gives a fuck about that one? I'm um, winning with 37.9 percent of the vote. Bailey and Sasha Banks, the Golden Row models, which was oh. interesting. Did not expect that. I I voted, which got 27.6 percent of the vote for the Street Profits. So at least the Profits came in second. Um, Bailey and Sasha were all over the shows, and the more that I think about it, I don't disagree with it just because they were the MVPs of the pandemic era to me and a lot of other people. So I get it. They did a lot of great work. They were on NXT for a time too. So I I get that as the tag team of the year. I would still go with the profits though, just because it's very rare that you see a call up from NXT actually go well. And they've been champions consistently literally since March. Like they have not dropped tag titles since March. Like even when they relinquished the raw tag titles, they never actually lost them. So that's pretty impressive, but they came in second, uh, 20.7% of the vote. Went to Undisputed Era, so you were close with that one. Uh, fourth place, 6.9% of the vote. This is when we get to the bottom of the barrel. Uh, 6.9% of the vote went to the New Day, so they were in fourth. And then wow. all tied for fifth. Every one of these teams had 1.7% of the vote. The Miz and John Morrison, the Kabuki Warriors, Nia Jax and Shayna, and Alexa Bliss and Nikki Cross. So they all came in fifth, tied for fifth. Um, Bailey and Sasha are the tag team of the year. What are your thoughts? Uh, I mean, yay, I guess. I don't really agree with that at all. I, <laughs> I do not give a motherfuck about them. It wasn't, I, it I wasn't think, a landslide. It was 37 to Street Profits, 27. So it's really, it's not that big of a margin. Yeah, but like, I don't know. I just don't agree with that at all. I think Street Profits should have won. Or like, I could totally see like New Day winning just because of how... Or, like, Undisputed Era. Like Undisputed I'm, I'm Era glad they NXT didn't. That would make won. even less sense. That would be so dumb if they won. I mean, I understand that, but, like, Bailey and Sasha, yay, I guess. <laughs> hey, listen, they elevated the women's tag team titles. They had their own storyline going on. They were the Raw and SmackDown women's champions. They were Both of them were dual champions, so I, I get it. I would still go with the Profits, um, but there also weren't a lot of teams for them to face, so I, I, I understand both ways. So we get to AEW yep. Tag Team of the Year. Uh, winning with 35.7% of the votes was FTR. So you called that one. Oh, yeah, wow, F- I was FTR. not expecting that. 26.8% of the vote went to Page and Omega. So that was uh, not a distant second. They, they was 9% of the vote behind. So 
Um, they came in second. I voted for Page and Omega, but you voted for FTR and they won. 14.3% of the vote went to the Young Bucks, obviously. Um, pretty consistent all year. They had a pretty good year. And finally becoming tag team champions recently. 10.7% um, of the vote, we get to best friends, were the tag team for fourth place. And they were all over the show, so I get that. And the rest of this is bottom of the barrel. So fifth place, we had three teams tied for fifth. Um, that being the Dark Order, SCU, and Jurassic Express with 3.6% of the vote. And then dead last in sixth was the Lucha Bros with 1.8%. And they missed a decent part of the year due to the pandemic. But um, what are your takeaways for the tag team one? I think the Lucha Bros had a really disappointing year too. I mean, they weren't buried, but like they should have been a bigger deal than they were. And the fact they would come and last over the... I, listen, I like the Dark Order, but that's ridiculous. Um, that just doesn't yeah. make any sense. It, or, yeah, I mean, it's yeah, kind of disappointing, but yeah. I mean, I agree with that. Like, I don't know. I I thought Hangman and Omega would really win here because they they were just so and they were dominant all over the show. Yeah, Jackson champion for so, eight months. I mean, that's a long time. They so. FTR, I guess, but yeah. go off. I guess I don't know. No, no, FDR is a good pick just because you, you said earlier you voted for them and they debuted. I mean, this team went from being literal comedy jobbers in WWE to joining AEW, making an impact in the get-go, going undefeated for a long time. I think they've only lost one like standard tag team match, which is impressive. Mm -hmm. um, they won the tag titles within a matter of months, even before the Bucks, and then they had a great match with the Bucks of Full Gear where they lost the title, so... You know, they were a pretty big part of Dynamite for that for that six-month period from when they debuted up until they lost the tag titles. They haven't really been on the show a lot lately, um, but they have been doing some really good work lately. Uh, or, I mean, in, the, in that six-month period, in that six-month period. So, mm -hmm. FTR, the AEW Tag Team of the Year. So, we get to the two final categories here. First, with the Female Wrestler of the Year. We'll start with the Female Superstar. Um, this includes both AEW and WWE. You have Sasha Banks, you got your Baileys, Asuka, Rhea Ripley, Io Shirai, Charlotte Flair, Thunder Rosa, and Hakura Shida. Um, RJ voted for... Did he put Bailey? I think he put Bailey. And he tied that... I don't know. He wrote something next to it. Oh, my God. He put Bailey, and then he put, like, Lacey Evans. What is it? All Samoans? I don't know. Something, something Tamita, Asuka... I don't know, maybe for who we thought would come in second. I don't fucking know. I'm, I'm sure that's a joke, but um, he did vote for Bailey, though. Who did you vote for, Alexis? Who do you think won? I think I voted for either Eo or Rhea. Okay. Um, but I think I think I voted for... No, but I literally can't remember. But um, I think I think Eo won. But I also think Bailey is a great pick, too, just because she was champion for most of the year. And she's really grown into her character. Um, but Rhea's good. Like, Rhea, Rhea was in a WrestleMania match. She was in the Royal Rumble, I think. She was feuding with Charlotte. Charlotte's kind of good, too. I mean, she was gone a good portion of the year. But, um, like I said, it's hard to pick, like, a, woman, a, a women's superstar of the year just because, like, the division in WWE is not good right now. It's just not. It's it's kind of shitty, mm -hmm. like the way they're treating the women. Um, so yeah, it's just kind of like comparing apples to similar apples, like because they're just all <laughs> of the same caliber to me. Yeah. Now, in AEW's women's division is trash. So I mean, 
Yeah. I mean, they have it's some just, good women. It's they just difficult. It's just not a priority for them. Um, I didn't put Nyla Rose on here. I didn't think that was necessary. I thought Thunder Rosa had a better year than she did, so I didn't put her on here. Yeah, I mean, I think so. I think the SmackDown Women's Division has improved. Now, they have Carmella back. Bianca's there. Um, Bailey's doing good work. Sasha's the champion. So, it, it's improved. Um, Chelsea Green, when she comes back, hopefully, to SmackDown. But yeah, it just wasn't a great year for the women's division in WWE. It was all about Bailey and Sasha. And Asuka, too. But I feel like Asuka was only there because of Bailey and Sasha. And, you know, Charlotte was gone for most of the year. And Becky... And she was gone. You know what I mean? So Mm -hmm. uh, she was gone as of May. So at any rate, um, winning with 30.5% of the vote, the female wrestler of the year was Bailey, which I voted for as well, as she should have, because I think she was the best performer out of the year. I alluded to this earlier with RJ. She improved a lot from the, from the rumble time to now when she was calling people stupid idiots or whatever it was. Um, to like calling people sheep. Oh God, it was terrible. Her character it was sucked. so bad. It was bad. It was really, really bad. So she's improved a lot. She's entertaining now. Um, dropping the title has helped. She held the belt all year for the most part for ten months out of the twelve months. So uh, yeah, I, I got to go with Bailey. I'm glad she won. Number two, twenty three point seven percent was Sasha Banks. So she came in second. Um, not a bad pick. She is hot now because she's the champion. Mandalorian. Um, I just feel like, I don't know. She was the highlight during the pandemic for sure, but I think that was because of Bailey. And uh, yeah, I guess she was women's tag team champion. So she did have a really good year overall, I guess. She did. She had a, she had a damn good year. Um, Bailey was just kind of the focal point. And, you know, her raw women's reign lasted all of a fucking month, but, you know, it is what it is. So she won second. Number three, who I think should have come in second, with 16.9% of the vote was Io Shirai. So I think she was the second best beyond Bailey, but people wanted to vote for Sasha. Um, 11.9% of the vote went to Rhea Ripley. So your picks were right there uh, at three and four. Five was Asuka with 6.8% of the vote. I mean, she was champion for the better part of the year and came in fifth. So what does that tell you about her booking and whatnot? I mean, she's on Raw. <laughs> exactly. She's a complete afterthought right now. I forgot to include Lon in these polls. Oh, gosh darn it. Maybe next year. Um, came Coming in sixth place, 5.1%. Thunder Rosa coming in with uh, with six with five point one, huh. which was cool. Charlotte Flair came in seventh with three point four percent, and one point seven percent went to poor her Kurashida. I mean that yeah, oof, woof. That's uh, again, she Yikes. was champion for most of the year too. Is is that just because their division is terrible? I mean, Thunder Rosa ain't even fucking signing. She got a higher, she got more votes. That's Man, bad. That's rough. She was champion for literally since since May, and she has not dropped it. And she's had a great year. But their division is so bad that I guess people just don't care. That's that's disappointing. But uh, yeah, I I can't argue with Bailey being the women's wrestler of the year though. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, she had a great twenty twenty. So we get to the male wrestler of the year. Um, this is the big one. This is the last one here between WWE and AEW. Um, a lot of good competitors between both companies. But these were the nominees. We obviously had Drew McIntyre, Roman Reigns, Randy Orton. Uh, I put Keith Lee in there. Keith Lee had a very good year overall if you include his NXT stint. So I had to put Keith Lee in there. Um, Adam Cole, Finn Balor, John Moxley, and Cody Rhodes. I don't think I did I say Randy Orton? I don't know if I said Orton, but Orton was in there too. Um, so two from AEW, six from WWE. Who do you think won, Alexis? Who do you think should have won? 
Um, so I voted for Drew. Uh, he had such a good year. I mean, first of all, last year he was totally underrated. A lot of people like were rooting for him, kind of like a Cesaro situation. But like, I mean, yep. Thank, thankfully, they're actually doing something with Drew, and they finally like started listening to people. Um, they put him in a lot of matches. Like he won the crowd over completely the beginning of this year. And then he was put in the rumble, wasn't even supposed to win the rumble. And then right before he went out or right, right before it started or something, he was told he was going to win and he won like, Oh my God, the whole story with him, the documentaries on him, everything was incredible. He's a great superstar. Like I, I think he's just a natural born star. And he can wrestle. Um, he's got it all. He can talk. He can wrestle. He can tell a good story. He's had a lot of good feuds this year. Um, and I I really think he deserves to be the super, the men's superstar of the year. Like, he overall has just done a fantastic job. Who I think is going to win, I think Roman Reigns is going to win. Um, he's another one. Like, I could not stand the guy when he came out along with a lot of other mm-hmm. people. I mean, I like him as a person. His character sucked. Yeah. He came out with Paul Heyman. Amazing. Total, Mm -hmm. like, natural-born star. He wasn't even here, I think, a good portion of the year, right? He came back, like, just a couple months ago, He only came back in August. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. And I'm assuming he wins. Um, He doesn't, whatever. But, like, he's been – he's had a very impressive last few months. He's had a really good feud with Jay, Mm -hmm. like – his his one-liners are incredible. The stuff that he's been saying. Paul Heyman is amazing. Paired next to him, like there's so much potential there for what they could do. And they're not even done developing his character yet. He still hasn't gotten a new theme. Mm-hmm. Um, like the possibilities are endless. So I think Roman Reigns won, but I voted for Drew. Well, John Moxley comes close too. You didn't mention you didn't mention John at all. I mean, he was champion since I mean, February. Yeah, he's been champion. He was champion since February. I mean, I'm I'm forgetting about him just because <laughs> I, I'm forgetting about him because he I haven't really watched AW that much. I haven't really paid attention to it lately. And um yeah, I don't know. But he, he's had a really good year too and, and now he's gonna be a dad. Yeah, exactly, which is cool. Um yeah, what what did you say that I was gonna respond to? Oh, so the real key here is year. Because you mentioned Roman, and uh, listen, he's the best part of any show right now. That goes for AEW, I would say. He only came back in August. I mean, yeah. you know, that that's that's why I, I didn't vote for him. Uh, to me, this this comes down to Moxley and McIntyre. They were the respective faces of their flagship shows. Um, both had great reigns. McIntyre won the Rumble. He won the title at WrestleMania. Beat Brock in a matter of like three minutes. I mean, who the fuck does that? I mean, it's crazy. Yeah. I mean, Goldberg does, but McIntyre did, which was cool. The match was forgettable because of the circumstances, but he, he still beat Brock in a matter of minutes, decisively. Held the title through Hell in the Cell for six months, lost it for three weeks, got it back, and now he's been champion ever since. And he's had a lot of great matches. My only issue with McIntyre isn't him, but um, and he's also delivered on the mic, in the ring, whatever. The only issue with McIntyre is that they didn't put him in the main event like at all, like of pay-per-views, for like six I know. months. That's, I know. That's my only nitpick, where... He didn't main event the Money in the Bank pay-per-view. Didn't main event Backlash. Um, Extreme Rules. SummerSlam. Clash of Champions. Payback. And the only pay-per-view he main evented since he became champion, other than WrestleMania, was 
when he lost the title to Randy Orton at Hell in the Cell. That's the only time he's main evented since then. He didn't main event at Survivor Series or at TLC either. He actually kicked off the show at TLC. So that's my only nitpick with, with Drew. Um, but everyone else had a good year as well. Keith, I think a lot of people sleep on Keith because, again, he won the North American Championship in the first few weeks of the year, was in the Rumble, was North American Champion up until he had to vacate it, um, became a dual champion, went to Raw, and now he's getting a title opportunity next week, which is cool. Adam Cole was the NXT Superstar of the Year yesterday. Um, he had a pretty good year. Not good, not as good as the last year, but still a good year. Orton, I know I know your thoughts on Orton, but I think he's done some of his best work in 2020, specifically in the mic. Um, the McIntyre feud early on was really good, too. Uh, Cody Rhodes had a good year, and Balor had a great year for NXT, so those are my thoughts on them. But winning it all with 37.3% of the vote, the male wrestler of the year for 2020, was none other than Drew McIntyre. Thank you. Nice. As he should have. Um, he had to. I mean, the guy broke out WWE for all their faults and how they book people and whatever and make people losers and all this other stuff. They really made the guy a star. Um, even with no fans, they could have said, hey, the ratings are in the fucking toilet. We're going to take the title off the guy and put it right back on Brock Lesnar or put it back on Randy Orton or something. And they did put it on Orton for three weeks, but... You know, they didn't get scared and take the belt off of him because the ratings are in the toilet. That's not Drew's fault. That's the company's fault. After years of just not giving a shit. That's not something that Drew is going to solve. Um, so, yeah, I'm glad he won. He should have. This was definitely his year. Second place, 32.2%. So this guy came in a very close second here. Only 5% away from the top spot was John Moxley. Um, really nice. Yes. Okay, I agree with Which that. Which I I'm very happy it was close. It's a, it was a close call here. Drew won by a number of votes. Um but yeah, I'm I'm happy that he won over Moxley, but Moxley was a, a again, if I had to pick a second, it would be John Moxley, the former Dean Ambrose. Uh this is where we kind of uh, the third place is decently up there, 15.3% Roman Reigns. So, he is up there. That's exactly where Roman should be though. The best person right now for the year, I put him behind those two because he only came back in August, so yeah. it, it's tough. It, you got to be well, fair here. Yeah, no, I was only saying that because I was assuming other people were just going to oh, say no. Roman. Oh no, oh no, I agree. Yeah, no, I, I'm glad you said that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, again, I totally agree with that. Yeah, no, that's people like, oh, you know, he's the best thing right now. But yeah, no, we're talking about the year here. You got to account for January through July as well. And he wasn't there for five or six months, and in the first part of the year, he was fucking throwing dog food at Baron Corbin. So. You know, we got to be fair here. So I'm glad he came at three. Um, this is, you know, the stuff that doesn't really matter, but fourth percent or four, fourth place rather, uh, with 5.1% was Randy Orton. So he was in fourth place. Fifth place was a three way tie between Keith Lee, Finn Balor, and Adam Cole. So all the NXT people came in, came in fifth. And then dead last, hate to say it, with zero votes. 0% of the votes was Cody Rhodes. I feel bad. He had a great year, but compared to everyone else, it wasn't even close. So uh, he, he was a guy that was always never the main event, but always like the second, you know, like that second tier person, TNT champion, first ever actually, two, first time, two time champion, the dog collar match, the Lance Archer match, the MJF match. Had a good year at the second tier level, but not on the same level as everyone else. So uh, yeah. I, I completely agree with that entire ranking for the most part. Yeah, I, I agree with it too completely. I'm really I'm really happy those two are the top the top votes. Yeah, no, I think McIntyre at number one, Moxley at two, and Roman at three makes just absolute perfect sense. And everyone else had a good year, but those are the top three that really stand out. 
So that yeah. was the 2020 Male Wrestler of the Year. Those are the 2020 WWE, AEW, NXT Year in Review Awards. Between that, uh, having more categories this year than any other year ever, um, that this was the most amount of categories they've ever done for this. And I don't know, we'll probably do the same amount next year. This was the first year that we've included AEW. Um, I included TNA in the very first one in 2013, and no one voted for shit because no one watched TNA at that point. So I, 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 I ended up taking him out, and then it just turned into WWE and then NXT as well, and now AEW, so, which is cool. So um, These are always awesome. Got to thank everyone who voted. Um, it was a lot of fun putting this together. There are some things I look back now, oh, I should have included this, but for the most part, I thought I did a decent job of uh, including each nominee and category and stuff like that. I'm constantly changing the categories. Like, I'll have a category, and then I ask you, oh, do you think I should do this, or what should I do? Like, the most disappointing, I don't think I was going to do until you said, maybe you should. Um, so I included that, even though Joey Janela won, but that's a different story. So came out really yeah. well. Um, I, agreed. I, I, I agree with most of the results for the most part. So, again, appreciate everyone who voted in the 2020 WWE slash NXT slash AEW Year and Review Awards over at WrestleRant.com. Alexis, as we wind down here, Mr. Marceau is not here, unfortunately, but I will close with your thoughts. 2020 on the whole for WWE, AEW in general. It's been a shit show, obviously, for obvious reasons, but, um, you know, I think for the company specifically, from a wrestling standpoint, aside from all the, the goddamn deaths that we got this year, including Brody Lee, Luke Harper a couple days ago, among many, many others... Not a terrible year. I mean, obviously no fans. I know your dad, for example, doesn't want to watch anymore because there's no fans there, which I completely get. But for those who do tune in, I don't think the products are that bad. Raw itself getting 0% for show of the year speaks volumes because the show sucks right now. But, you know, SmackDown's good. NXT's a good show. Dynamite's great. I would say it was uh, overall from a wrestling standpoint, a lot of good stars, moments, matches. Um, I can't really complain given the circumstances. I thought it was a pretty decent year. Yeah, I, I agree. I thought they, they made the most of it, and uh, they're still trying to figure out, like, how they can make it even better, and they're they're just trying to get those ratings, man. Exactly. Especially with, um, you know, WWE specifically and Monday Night Raw. I mean, SmackDown did its highest rating in over a year last Friday on Christmas. Raw is doing yeah. its lowest ratings ever right now. I mean, a million and a half people is fucking deplorable, so... Um, hopefully come next year, Raw is still a category for show of the year, and it hasn't been canceled by that point. Um, but everyone else is doing pretty well right now, which is cool to see. And, uh, yeah, the Thunderdome has worked out well for WWE. I gotta give them credit for that. The Thunderdome is a great concept. I've enjoyed it. It's not perfect, obviously. Um, but it's much better than those early empty PC shows, which were almost unbearable. And then, yeah. um, AEW's done a good job of letting people back in the buildings, and, you know, it's made moments like the Sting debut feel special. Um, like the Matt Hardy and Brody Lee moments were special, but there was no one there, so it's it's tough, you know. So uh, we'll see. I'm looking forward to 2021 just in general, but from a WWE, AEW, NXT standpoint, I'm hoping they can get fans back in the building as soon as possible, but obviously as safely as possible too. And maybe we might start to see that. AEW has already done that, but with WWE, maybe we'll start to see that around Rumble, WrestleMania season, which is coming up pretty, pretty quickly. But that does it. Um, like I said, we had our more more categories than ever before for this award show. Also giving us our longest... I'd have to go back and check, but I think this might be either the longest or one of the longest shows I've ever done. Uh, I'm looking at the clock right now. It's around the 2 hour and 15 minute mark, which is fucking nuts. But we had a lot to discuss. We had to discuss this stuff, the Brody Lee stuff, New Year's Evil, an absolutely stacked show. 
Um, usually the show is an hour long every single week. We do it on Thursdays. Mr. Marceau and myself, occasionally Alexis as well, on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, TuneIn Radio, iHeartRadio, Google Play, and Podbean, as well as WrestleRant.com, WrestleRantRadio.com. It is New Year's Eve while we speak right now. The episode's probably going to go up right before midnight, so most people will listen in the new year. But uh, it's been a great year. I'm, I'm, you know, for, you know, obviously it's been a shit year for a lot of different reasons. But uh, looking at the positives, it's been a pretty good year overall, especially for the show, the website, which you actually helped redesign, Alexis, with the logo, the look, and a lot of other stuff. So I got to have you to thank as well. Of course. And uh, yeah, you can check out your website. You want to plug that real quick? No. <laughs> uh, well, it's still in the process of being redesigned, but it's uh, L-E-X-X-O-S-O.com. I mean, I was redesigning my website for like a decade, so, um, <laughs> you know, we didn't get it up and fully. I, I think I think now we're finally starting to reach like a final capacity, final form with the, with the URL and all. It took me years to get that WrestleRant.com URL, and they finally secured it in 2020. So, again, of all the shit that went down this year, I think that, that's a positive, albeit a small one, but yeah. still a positive nonetheless. Now, we do have more interviews coming up in the next couple of days, weeks, whatever. Both have already been conducted, both of which you know about. One of them is the number one contender to the WWE Championship, Keith Lee. I'm probably going to put that here on the show next week. I'm not sure. Depends what RJ and I do for our review. I'm not sure but if we have time. Um, but the audio of that interview talking about his theme song change and everything else in 2020, um, his great 2020, will be in- hopefully included next week. And if not, you can catch the audio of the interview as soon as it goes up on Monday on Bleach Report and on YouTube at youtube.com backslash Matthews. And then another big interview going up next Friday. Definitely bigger than the Keith Lee one, and that's saying something considering Keith Lee's getting a WWE title match next week on Raw. Um, that one has not yet been announced as of this recording. You know about it, but it will be going up next Friday on Bleach Report. Biggest, biggest interview you've ever done. Yeah, no, I would say so. So that's going up next easily. Friday. Yeah I, yeah, I would say easily. I would say definitely easily. Um, and we, we've had a lot of great interviews in 2020, a lot of which have been here on the on the show but I'm in the process of uploading a lot of them to, to the YouTube channel. The Seth Rollins one is already there. The Triple H one is there. Um, uh, what, who else is on the YouTube channel? Keith Lee, the first one. Finn Balor, Paul Heyman, Bianca Belair, Sasha Banks. Uploaded Adam the Braun Strowman one recently. Rhea Adam Ripley. Cole. Um, what'd you say? Rhea Ripley. Rhea Ripley. Oh, yeah, I'm thinking of the ones that are up on the channel that people can listen to. But, yeah, they, they, they kind of take up um, all the ones they've done. Jim Ross, I still got to upload that one. Um, that one was here on the show earlier this year. Um, yeah, just subscribe to the channel because all those audio interviews will be going up at some point, including the Keith Lee one this coming Monday on YouTube and Bleach Report. So on that note, got to get out of here. I uh, got to start putting the show together. It's been a long, long show and a long year, but looking forward to 2021. Any final words, Alexis, as we ride off into the sunset here? Fuck off, 2020. I'll see you all next year. Perfect way to put it. I'll talk to you later. I'll be seeing you in like an hour. But uh, for everyone else, Happy New Year. Thanks for checking the show. We appreciate you. And we'll catch your ass down the road in 2021.